For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Sadly, like every weekend passes, uh, unfortunately, um, we have more deaths, uh, particularly on our roads. It was a hit and run up um, in uh, County uh, Donegal at the weekend where a nine-year-old boy was struck by a car in alleged hit and run. Um, he was one of four people to lose their lives on the roads at the at the weekend. Now, uh, Gardy, subsequent to that then, um, quizzed a suspect in his 20s. Little lad Ronan Wilson died near Bondoran. They'd just come down. I think they were d- down from, from Ty- Tyrone himself and his family. And it's a front pager together with his photographs making many of the tabloids this morning. And then over in the County Clare, uh, a man died. Another suffered a broken leg in a crash during a rally in County Clare. It was a horror weekend of uh, problems on the roads and accidents and deaths. It's very, very sad. Uh, and then out in Douglas in the back village, not too far from, say, John O's and, and the South County uh, and also the, the Chinese and the takeaway restaurants there. Man was arrested. There was a, a three-car collision uh, in the Douglas area early on Saturday evening. Uh, Gardaí say they were responding to a car that was being driven erratically um, and uh, they tried to, uh, you know, sort that one out. And when they got the, to the area where the driver was driving erratically, the vehicle failed to, failed to stop. Uh, and there's a lot of video footage uh, doing the rounds with regards to that. Uh, a man in his... 20s arrested and detained uh, by Gardaí. The, the reason I'm mentioning it, it makes the front page of the Echo but I've seen some of the video footage of it and I've seen some of the photographic stills also and it's just by the grace of God that there wasn't anybody walking in the area at the time particularly on the footpath uh, because there would have been serious injury perhaps death if somebody had been passing when that happened um, also of course in the city at the weekend you had kind of uh, it was like it was like a car free zone or the light version of a car free zone because you could still cross the bridges and, and do things like that but much of the city centre streets on Saturday uh, were car free don't think for a moment that this was just Cork City. There was like 1,300 towns and cities across Europe were, were trying this. Um, and they're thinking because it was such a success, I wonder was it? I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, particularly if you were a, a, a business person on Saturday. Was footfall down? Was Did business take a, a, a bit of a dip? Uh, text 0868104106. The reason I'm mentioning is because it was a pilot event and they're now calling for more of the same, including the Lord Mayor Kieran McCarthy saying that the reaction overall was positive. It seemed to be a success. He actually said he met traders uh, who were also sharing their commentary that uh, you know that business was good and brisk and there was more people in the city. Um, so it's quite interesting um, because this is what's going to happen and, and there'll be more of this to come because of course it is now being said by many uh, that cars are the enemy of cities and indeed cars are the enemy of the environment in general. It would be a wonderful thing, I suppose, if we had a better park and ride system, if there was more of them rather than the one just out in Black Ash, which is under-advertised and under-promoted. Probably not the most ideal location in the world. And of course, there's nothing out west, there's nothing east, and there's nothing north. There's just the one, and not everybody seems to be ready to use it. But your thoughts on that are welcome. Uh, text 0868104106. Meanwhile, of course, the amount of uh, vacant properties, um, we have more statistical information from the CSO that makes the front of this morning's uh, echo. Indeed, the, even the cost of the availability of a three-bedroom semi dominates many of the papers today. Like the Echo was saying that there were that there are seventeen, or at least there was in the last census, seventeen thousand vacant dwellings 
across County Cork during the last recorded census. 17,000 of them and there was over 5,000 of those properties vacant in Cork City alone. In the county there was nearly 12,000 of them. Um, They also drill into the 7,000 and odd unoccupied holiday homes in the county Uh, and indeed I suppose some might say that a holiday home really isn't a vacant home. It's owned by somebody who uses it and I suppose it's their own business. But the other statistic, the one say for the city of over 5,000 vacant, that is unacceptable. And the price then of a three-bedroom semi is back now to Celtic Tiger peak prices. Um, God only knows what it must be like in Dublin City where they're saying that you could pay up to 500 grand for a three-bedroom semi. Wouldn't be so bad if you lived in Longford, where it would cost you 172,000 for a three-bedroom semi. But we're more interested in the figures from Cork, which Kevin got for me this morning. There's a headline story making The Independent talking about the price of a three-bedroom semi-detached nationally breaching the 300,000 mark for the first time. And then some. There are new builds in suburban areas of Cork, where you'll pay anywhere between uh, three seventy and three ninety five now. Now they're a fabulous fit out. They're gorgeous three bedroom homes. I've been in them, but are they worth four hundred grand or more? I don't know. But anyway, Cork County average three bedroom two hundred and twenty thousand. Cork City the average three bedroom semi. 365,000. See what I mean when I say you could pay anything between 360 and 390. So it's averaging about 365 in Cork City now, and it's only doing one thing. In the last three months, prices have gone up 2%. So if that were to happen every, if that was to happen every three, three months, you'd be looking at uh, 246, 8% increase annually. But it's bound to burst at some stage, isn't it? This is bound to fall off a cliff, and prices are bound to collapse at some stage. Aren't they? Text 0868104106. We got an upcoming budget. Um, and of course, last week we heard about many increases for people who are on different forms of social welfare, disability, and pensions and health payments. And that's all very well. But what about the squeezed middle? This morning, the Irish Mail is giving an analysis of uh, the cost in the last eight or nine months to anybody trying to run a household is up €4,000. And that's on last year's four grand, and indeed the six months before that. So you're looking at huge increases in trying just to stay afloat as a family. And talking of families then, they look at typically a typical family of four earning €62,388. I don't know where they came up with that number, but let's say sixty-two and a half grand. Even on those earnings, that family is struggling to keep up due to cost of living crises and also interest rate rises and mortgage repayments and what have you. And that is insane. Jump in for a couple of seconds because you, you'll know more about prices than I will because yeah. you're right in the middle of it at the moment. So y- go for it. Yeah, no, I just, I suppose it's more just like... I just the thought just struck me like uh, when I'd, I'd actually love to hear people's thoughts on like when was the last time anybody got a wage raise because um, it seems that well all, in the, the private like, sector very rarely very few because the public sector they are tied into pay agreements and union deals and also they're on different they're on the same kind of structure yeah. as politicians and but they get increases every year they're still trying to get off the back of that Crow Park agreement and that's still the legacy of that is still impacting no I mean uh, a lot of the private service. sector took pay cuts yeah um, and certainly during COVID uh, and not all of it came back so no there's no way is it just increase. when you hear about what was the figure you quoted there for an average family an extra four uh, four grand a year and, and that's 
So that's where, conservative now. Where is this four grand going to come from? Like this is. Well, it's not. It just makes you wonder, like, how much longer can people go on when the prices of things, inflation's going up, wages aren't, you know. Like, there's no no wonder people are well, so angry. Firstly, of course, like any luxury items would be gone, or, or any spontaneous purchases would be gone, any socializing would go, any dining out would be restricted, things like that. So you'd be cutting back on subscriptions and things. Well, for me, that's life, isn't it? Like that that's what separates living from surviving. So essentially, what totally. what you're doing now is your survive. What totally. what people are doing now is surviving. Totally, like, totally. There's yeah. a wonder that that people, a whole vast swathe of people my age, are deciding to leave this country. <laughs> But they have to go, man. They have to go for a lot of different reasons, including the ones just mentioned. If they want to have a quality of life, you're not going to get it here. You could go out now and you could have um, a a couple of main courses, bog standard stuff, right? You might have maybe two pints and somebody else might have, who's ever with you might have, say, two glasses of wine. Uh, You might not have any dessert or tea or coffee. You're going to pay 80 85, 90 euro for that. Comfortably, yeah. You, 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 and I know, like, look, I understand. And, I, ha- different, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I have receipts to prove it. But, like, you go to, you go to, like, we were in Venice recently, right? I know, this is funny now for me to be talking about being in Venice off the back of, you know, but we stayed in a very, very modest place. We didn't spend a lot of money. Your, your, your age, you should be doing those things. Well, and you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to be apologizing for yeah, doing Yeah, I know, things. but I just feel, you know, it's slightly churlish to be talking about how people are surviving when you're talking about being away. But what I, what I, the point I'm going to make is that, I suppose it's, it was four fifty. It was a four euro four fifty for an Aperol spritz in in Venice. Like that is supposed to be tourist central, most expensive place. We ate in a bar. It was fifteen euro for a plate of pasta. So it was a spag ball, a drink, and a coffee afterwards. Well, that, that, all of that for fifteen quid. Yeah, in Venice, you would think that you would be absolutely scalped. Absolutely. Why? Scalped. Why? Why should people, as happened to me recently, pay five euro fifty for a bottle of Heineken Zero? Why? I just, I just can't, I can't understand why, like, because what, what, what so ends why up happening? It costs eleven euro for two bottles. And of then small we have, beer. and then we have, like, and look, plenty of very good restaurateurs, but we have restaurants telling us we can't survive at the moment. Prices are too high. But this is the thing, like, the cost of living impacts on that as well. So it's just pushing. I just when you when I think when you just quoted that figure. It just, it kind of stuck, like, where is that money? I and mean, when we talk about now 365000 for an average three-bed, the average price of a three-bed semi. Mm. And, like, even, look, as I say, I know somebody who's in the industry, they're saying that 80% of new families, no, more, even more, actually, than 80% of new families want three-bed houses. That's what the market is crying out for. And yet the regulations on any new bills, you're at least getting 20, 25% two-beds. So, like, even when you're talking about house building, it's not, they're not actually listening to what people want they're just deciding to go ahead with the regulations that they have okay, I, just, I just really really wonder where that four grand where people are going to be able to go because if it keeps going this way people just will literally be on food banks you know and many are text 0868104106 on that one uh, people cut back of course in many different aspects of their life just to stay afloat uh, it's interesting actually while all of that is happening more and more revelations of ridiculously crazy daft spending by RTE continue to be rolled out and yet nobody's been given the full time Ryan Tuberty gig yet and that's all very well for those that are stepping in and doing a good job but why in the name of God haven't they named somebody for the show uh, I, I wonder are they just maybe thinking uh, somewhere in Donnybrook that if we just let this roll on, right, um, that in a couple of months' time we can welcome Tuberty back 
um, having learned his lesson and say, okay, you can go back on air. And I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking out loud. They got nearly 35 million in TV license fees uh, into RTE from the state. That's what the state paid them. And that was just for the half a million OAPs and social welfare recipients who don't pay uh, for a television license. They get it free and the state pays RTE. Wouldn't you think they could survive as a television network on 35 million alone? Never mind putting an extra zero on it. And of course, the great success then of the Irish rugby team, I'll come back to this later on, uh, beating South Africa 13-8, stamping their credentials now uh, on potential World Cup winners uh, for the first time. And everybody enjoying it. And many, of course, were singing the fields of Athen Rye. But, of course, we certainly know how to spoil a party because, by all accounts, there's criticism of fans singing Zombie uh, by the Cranberries. Uh, and, again, a bit like Up the Ra, there are those coming out saying that fans need to stop singing Zombie by the Cranberries. This is just a little clip uh, from the match of the weekend. <laughs> Dolores O'Riordan wrote the song when she found herself in the UK, close to the place where two young boys have been killed in the 1993 Warrington bomb. And there's a lot of online banter about this. Um, those that know, those who know, know there's nothing. It's nothing to do with politics. Just a refrain adopted by the Munster team, given that the Cranberries are from Limerick. Somebody else says other, other, some more disagree with that and say that it is just, um, you know, a, a shocking song uh, to be singing with regards to atrocities and bombings and murdering of children. Um, your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. Uh, I see there's a pub in the UK, actually, that's having, it's a 600-year-old pub, and it's having a big festival, a September festival in Cornwall. And the vicar has put um, uh, beer taps up on, up on the altar um, and there's murder over it people saying this is a house of God this is not a pub um, he's standing by his guns though saying that you know it would be a good thing if people are coming to the festival that they would be able to have a cold few beers because there'd be a lot of vents and singing and dancing and stuff like that going on in the pub in the, in the, in the church I should say but it got me thinking that it might be a way here in Ireland to get more people to go to mass if they put a couple of taps inside in the pubs what do you think? I think that's a good idea yeah. for the 11 o'clock yeah for the 7 o'clock mass in the morning for work for the, am I being blasphemous now saying you go up for the whole communion in one hand or whatever and a, and a glass or a pint of stout in the other or beer. Could work Neil, could work. Right. But the reason I have invited you in Claire, yes. is because there is new um, advice now being given mm-hmm. to bar staff. Mm-hmm. There's a story in the mail saying bar staff are told to stop using phrases like same again to help limit binge drinking. You have a background in the pub trade because you worked yeah. in many pubs, also in cafes and restaurants. Yeah. Is this just another example of wokeism gone crazy? That's a hard question. I know what they're trying to say, but it's very natural in hospitality. 
if someone's coming to the end of their drink, whether it be a coffee, whether it be uh, a club orange, whether it be a pint, kind of say, oh, can I get you another one? Can I get you something else? Will you have another one? Same again. You know, I think that's kind of the hospitality side of me coming out in making sure that people are looked after, people are getting what they want. You know what I mean in that way? So mm. to kind of, I was really surprised by that article because I'd never thought about it that way. And okay, I suppose our staff around the world would be told to avoid phrases such as same again and is that a double? Like, they give an example that I can't imagine any barman mm. or woman would ever say to us, customer. Where is it here? All right. So the example is, um, customer walks into the pub, uh, sits down, yeah. orders a whiskey. Right. What bar person would say, <laughs> would you like a single or a double measure? Bar no. people don't say that. Don't say Do that. Do they? No, I never said that. I can't say I've experienced that either. It's, you know, it's similar to people saying, can I get a Guinness? And okay, you might say, is that a glass or a pint? No, but they're, not but sure, they're saying but that's. They are saying in one scenario, given on this course, that's what staff are being told to say. If I order a whiskey, they're being told to say, would you like a single or a double? Rather than saying, they're claiming that bar staff instead are currently saying, sure, let's make it a double. <laughs> As they rub their hands with glee. Don't, they put the cash in the They don't do that. No, no. You, like, that's a standard, that's a single. If someone says, can I get a drop of Jemison? It's a single. Yeah, a barman bar no. won't say, ah, sure, come on, I'll give you a double. <laughs> sure, ah. come on, it's five o'clock. <laughs> no way. And then he comes no. back and he says, same again, another double. I mean, no. it's, it's nuts. I suppose that's looking at the extreme end of things, but I can't say that's how I operated and that's not what I've experienced, definitely but, not. But if you go in and you have a pint or something yeah. and, you went, and you might have two and that's yeah. your limit, right? Yeah. yeah. And you want to go, but a bar person says to you, same again, mm-hmm. you might be embarrassed and say, I better say yes and have a third. Yeah, and I suppose that's the angle. But you might want with. the third. Or people who are really trying to, you know, cut back a small bit, maybe say, well, I'll just have the one or I'll just have the two instead of the usual. And then you have that little, maybe little devil on your shoulder. And then the bar person says, you know, oh, oh, come on, will I throw another one on for you there? Or, you know, but as I say, like, I suppose for me, that's the kind of looking after people side of things. You know, I see, I see Jimmy over in the corner and he's just nearly finishing his point. Say, oh, are you having another one there, Jim? Or, no, you know, but, but don't say anything at all. So, yeah. But then, then do people feel like, oh, you're not looking after me or are you ignoring me or, do you know? Well, keep an eye on him and if he, yeah. if he catches your eye. And, he, and you get the nod, man or woman, then you know they want another drink. Uh, of course, if people are putting their coats on, you're not going to be like, ah, oh, where are you going? It's, 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 it's early yet. Come on, I have already thrown one on. <laughs> but because I don't see anybody talking in this article about serving people who have really and truly had enough but yet yeah. continue to be served and potentially might even drive a car. And that's maybe that kind of, uh, you know, you're talking about the embarrassment of declining a drink. You know, it's very awkward as well as a bar person to kind of say... Um, oh, look, I think you've had enough or I think you've had too much. You know, that's a very kind of an awkward situation. Is there training given to bar staff in that as to what you should and shouldn't say? Um, I can't say I got any training in it. But, you know, I think that that's a kind of an experience thing as well. And you kind of get that experience behind you the longer you're working in in bars or, you know, you kind of say to your your co-worker, your boss there, you know, look, so-and-so is just, you know, they're a bit messy or whatever. And I think it depends on if you're in a city bar as well or or a bar that might garner a lot of strangers or random people you don't know as opposed to a kind of local bar as well, which I would be used to. Local people would be a bit more responsible and tuned in. You know people and you also have people around you who you know 
will be supportive of you or will kind of back you up, you know. Okay. It's an interesting topic, it isn't is it? Because if you in, if you go to America, for instance, they yeah. will hound you behind the um, hounding is a wrong word, but the staff will be onto you. Same again, same again, same again. Yeah. Because like they're trained that way and also mm-hmm. it's tip related. But here I I don't know, I mean bar staff stop using phrases like same again, saying that uh, it encourages binge drinking. Step too far maybe? Oh yeah, like I th- I think what you're saying about America is more of like an upselling kind of idea. Whereas, for, for, from my personal experience working behind a bar, it's more of a, a looking after your customer, Fair and making sure that they're okay. they're Fair happy enough. and Good they're point. not forgotten about. Good point. So, okay, appreciate yeah. that. Text always six eight one zero four one zero six. Let me go to the phone lines. Jack. Good morning. Neil, how are you doing? Thanks for holding. Uh, and just re- referencing the earlier in the newspaper review, the incident in Douglas on Saturday, which I believe you may well have witnessed. Yeah, Neil, I was I was down in the Maxall there on the South Douglas Road, you know, and um, I was I was going to work, but I was taking my cousin there down in uh, K in Douglas, and um, I was just going in, just getting petrol as you would on a normal day, you know, and um, the car that was in question was parked in a slant way position, you know, just sitting there, the two lads in the car, you know, seemed a bit, you know, it was a bit weird, you know, so... Yeah. I was fine anyway, just got my petrol, why not, and just started beeping at me, and, you know, were just staring over at me, and I was like, what's going on here, you know? So I was like, um, all right, let's just go with it anyway, and they started beeping at me when I was walking past, and as I noticed when I was inside in the shop, they were beeping at everyone, and everyone was getting a price, as you would if someone would beep at you when you're standing in front of the car, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I came back out to the car and kept on doing it anyway. And I was like, look, I'm going to head down to Circle K to collect my cousin. So went down anyway and they pulled out. Um, you said when you were out. in Maxall that somebody got out and fell? No, they they went out and they were going in and out to, you know, just get their petrol as they would, like, you know. Okay, all right. Sorry about that. I and, did, yeah, okay. Sorry, friend. Yeah, okay. And um, anyway, they pulled out a few cars anyway. Uh, there was a few cars behind me and then they pulled out. But they, as I looked at my rear view mirror, they were just swerving all over the road onto the other, other opposite side of traffic, things like that. Very messy. So... I just went with it anyway and I pulled in Circle K and I was waiting for my cousin. So the lads anyway pulled in and was beeping at everybody again and they got out, went into the shop, whatnot. So didn't take any notice of it. Um, and then looks like a guard car came in under undercover car. So that was fine anyway. And they looked at me and I was kind of shaking my head. So I was like, I don't know, because it was a bit awkward, you know? Mm. And um that was it anyway. The car pulled out. They started trying to pull him over. He went around. He came around Circle K twice. And, um, Circle K is the front village now. Yeah, all, over by KC's, over yeah, the Swoon yeah. okay. van. And yeah. um, turned off. And then that's when the whole thing kicked off. And did you so see what out. happened in the back village then? Uh, yeah, it, I don't know. It was they, they started. Uh, they went past the uh, the Italian pizza place, you know, down the the backside. Then you know, yeah. And um, it was full speed, went straight into um, South County, and there was a person there walking with a dog, and it was lucky no one got hurt, like you know, because they went in a full force. But there was, I think, it was one or two. There was two guard cars that were chasing them, like you know. Were the guard cars or were they playing? Unmarked. Um, no, there was one unmarked. The one unmarked that came in first, and then there was another one. Then, 
that was like that had the the stripes and all that on it. They were they were again. trying to stop this this driver, uh, stop this yeah, driving and the the erratic driving, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But as they as they came around the corner, was there a collision then? There was a collision that just went straight in outside of uh, Forest there. Everyone was just standing there. Then what happened? And then they just dragged him out of the car then. Okay, okay. And who who was the collision between? Do you know? Uh, what do you mean? Well, by, what, who crashed into what? I mean, what cars hit each other? Well, all I know is that when I saw it, it was just went straight in to... Okay, right in. Straight in, in outside, yeah. south, uh, outside the South County. And in, then it, there was cars then... It's you know. a wonder that somebody wasn't injured or killed if they'd been walking past there at the time. So, I mean, oh, 20, 20 past six in the evening, there'll be a lot of people around. It was busy, especially as well then with the roads closed and things like that. Traffic was mental around the place, you know. So it didn't help the case, like... It's crazy. Absolutely you know? crazy. Thankfully, nobody Bye. was uh, injured. Appreciate that. Thanks for the update on it. Thanks, Thanks for the eyewitness you. report. Sure. Thank you. Appreciate Bye. it, Jack. Gardy um, did tell us, uh, because we got a response from them at the weekend, uh, arrested a man following a road traffic incident in Douglas Saturday evening. Uh, Gardy received a report of a car driving in an erratic manner in the area. The vehicle failed to stop for Gardy, was involved in a three-car road traffic collision West Douglas Street at 20 past six, Thankfully, uh, rightly so, there were no injuries reported. Um, a male in his 20s was arrested at the scene, detained at the Garda station in Cork City. Uh, he's since been released without charge, pending further investigations. Inquiries are ongoing. I mentioned that, of course, because firstly it happened, and thankfully uh, nobody was injured or killed or walking in that area. At the, well, they were, but thankfully nobody hit. Text 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. On the television license fee, uh, interesting one from Natalia. She says, so we all have to pay the television license by law. I did stop my direct debit after the RTE scandal. They had my details and they kept sending me overdue letters. I eventually caved in. Not for the top names, but for the rest of the RTE staff. I don't even have a television. I haven't for the past 15 years. I never watch RTE or listen to their radio stations, but I have to pay this fee. And regarding the scandals within RTE, isn't it amazing how the top executives can hide with a sick cert and a lawyer when it comes to covering up their contracts or their exit packages? paid for by taxpayers' money. Everybody knows that some people always will get away without any questions being asked. Well, thank you for that one. And then uh, we're talking about the cost of living earlier on this morning. Government made this co- has made this country a disgrace to live in with the high costs inflicted on every Irish citizen because Irish citizens can barely survive the cost of living while Martin and Varadkar are like two show ponies parading around the states uh, representing Ireland. These two called so-called politicians only represent themselves so they can line up a job in the EU after they've destroyed this country. They should be held accountable for every single infliction they brought on the Irish people. They've left thousands on the streets homeless while they welcome non-EU, non-passport holders. They're putting them up in hotels and new accommodation while we are leaving our own rot on the streets. They're leaving the banks to take advantage of hard-working citizens with high interest rates and we have the highest fuel costs, with many elderly citizens now going into this winter season unable to keep themselves warm. This government should hang their heads in shame 
the disgrace to the Irish nation, uh, says a loyal listener by text. That's following up on the cost of living increases I was talking about there just at the top of the show. And Friday, uh, we were talking about the divisions within Irish society, okay? And part of it had to do with the fact that in the upcoming budget, there would be much needed increases for certain sections of society. Uh, And that would be people on long-term disability, old age pensioners, uh, people with children with special needs and things like that. Meanwhile, of course, others would suggest that, you know, freeloaders and those that never want to work or never want to do anything or have this handout mentality, they shouldn't be given anything at all and they should be told to get off their arse. There was an email came in from a particular um, individual who uh, took 10 minutes out of her hardworking day on her lunch break to get in touch with me. Uh, And she was giving examples of people who do milk the system. Uh, and she was mentioning in particular a, a neighbour uh, who gave up work because she was entitled to more if she wasn't working and she could claim for a child with special needs, spends most of her day looking up what else she's entitled to. It makes me so angry. She gets carer's allowance for her own child. My child of the same age, I got to work. I got to pay for doctors myself, medication, dentists, everything. While she gets everything free and still gives out that she doesn't get enough, complaining about paying for a little supplement for speech therapy. But how much a week are they getting to sit at home and mild the child, mind the child, never mind adding in children's allowance? Myself and my husband barely see each other. We both work full time. We work different hours, so it's only on a Sunday that we spend any time together. There have been times I had to walk to work or ask somebody for a spin because I couldn't put diesel in the car while I waited for my next paycheck. My husband's money goes for the house bills, the car bills, the college fees. Mine is for the groceries, the childcare and the diesel. We don't go for coffee mornings. We don't go to the cinema. We don't have days out. We're busy working and paying tax on everything. So other people can complain about having to queue to collect their money so they can drop their kids off at a creche. Uh, and they can go and meet up with their friends for coffee. Are you aware the special needs kids get collected from the house in the morning by a taxi and a special needs assistant to help each child? Same taxi drops them home later. This service again paid by the taxpayers like me so that their parents can stay in pyjamas, send their kids off uh, and then get on to the likes of your programme to complain that they don't get enough. I really wish people like me and my husband who get up every morning, go to work and pay for everything, uh, start getting something back. I'm sick of the country and the people complaining all the time. The more they get, the more they complain. Go to work. Um, If you really want to be able to complain about anything, get a job. Don't give them my details. I'll be slated by people sitting at home drinking their coffee. So an interesting email, and I did read out some responses to it on Friday, but I ran rapidly out of time. So back to the phone lines we go. John, good morning. Good morning, you. Um, I just reread it again for those that might have missed it on Friday. Go ahead, your thoughts. Um, well, you know, um, I'm quite sure that woman who whoever wrote that email has legitimate um, concerns, but not to be attacking people with disabilities. You know, I have dedicated 26 years of my life to my son. You know, um, and only to be recently um, both. Uh, my wife and myself in bad health I got a heart attack she got a stroke so we then decided we'd go and start looking at what would be the future for our son All oh, right. Okay. and after yeah. being 36 years with the HSC and 32 in Corporal Nathan there is no plan so would would your son your son would have gone to Cope Foundation as a child and then also as an adult 
Yes. Okay. Yeah, fantastic service. Yeah. Fantastic. And that would be, if, would that have been most days of the week? Uh, five days a week, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Not, uh, you know, holidays and all that would be taken away that, but, mm. you know, and, you know, we were told that there is uh, 600 in the waiting list in Cork and Kerry region, you know. For um, for what? Can some form of residential for, care? Is for, for residential care, yeah, residential care, okay. Right. And um, of that 185 are the urgent list, and we're on the urgent list seemingly. But then the social worker kicked in and said he's worked for Cork for the last seven years, and he hasn't seen one new case in that seven years, one new place. That they're always full, long-term full? Yeah, or they, they deal with emergencies like an RIP. They, they actually refer to it as an RIP that somebody dies and then there's a crisis and then they leave the crisis, you know? Yes, okay. okay. And okay. the last um, place they gave out uh, that was in a crisis was in a place up somewhere in County Mead. How would that be for us, they asked us? County Mead. That your son, if anything were to happen to you or your wife, would go to Mead? County Mead, yeah. 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 How would that be for you, they asked us? And this is a private organisation. This is where people invest money privately. I don't think, and I don't think that she was critical of genuine cases. Like, or do you feel that she was critical of all? Um, she was critical of a cohort who chose this option because they know that it's an easy route for free money. That's what she's saying. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, look, come on. You know, I mean, um, uh, thirty-six years later, a heart attack, a stroke, and it's not enough. We must do more. We must do more. And the need, we're in the early 60s, okay? There are people in their 80s who are still looking after the son and daughter at home, who have dedicated their whole life. And there is no plan. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a plan for the Greens and the amount of um, diesel cars that will be taken off the road and all the coal and all that. And then they heard the, the Green Party this morning, they want to kind of um, more freight and, and reduce the rails. But like, and the, and, and, and they, they claim that, well, they don't claim, there is billions in this rainy day fund. I think you were saying that also in your email, that's just sitting there. If it's needed in the future, your point is it's needed now. Well, Minister McGrath wants to lodge bank 50 billion in a, in a fund for a rainy day. You know? So, like, when he says that to himself, he's then saying, ah, should the disability people, they're not worth this, it's not worth giving them a service. The people who are looking after them, who have dedicated their whole life to them, they do, must do another 10 years. And would you, over those years, would you have received payments for the work that you do in the minding of your son? Um, yeah, my wife has a carer's allowance. Carer's allowance, yeah, but that would be, what is it, is it in and around, was it 200, 210, 220 or something like that? Something, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it is. It's not a lot of money. No, no, no. And like, um, we have help that comes into the house, but they leave at half a seven at night, okay? And, like, I'm locked in my house from half a seven every night till half a seven the bottom morning. Were you I'm able to work, night. though, over those years? Oh, yeah, I did work for a while, yeah. 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 yeah I used to work in DSV, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, like, um, does nobody, like, uh, chooses this life, you know? You know? And there's, yeah, that, yeah. there's that worry as you get older or your health declines... And all parents would be like that if they have a child with special needs, pr- particularly if it's profound needs, as to who will mind that son or daughter. Of course, yeah. yeah. A good friend of ours died recently at 80 years of age, and her son had never been outside of his house. 
even outside of the house? Well, no, sorry. I mean, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, at night time, you know, he'd never slept anywhere barren his own I home, know, it was, you know? yeah, 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 oh, no, yeah. This, this child has a wonderful life, yeah, 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 okay. But all of a sudden, then finds himself in a residential setting, you know. And that would have a serious impact on him, wouldn't it? He'd be totally out of sorts with something like that. Yeah, well, I, I believe he's doing well, you know, and um, there's a lot of uh, good individual staff who... yeah. Yeah. make an extra effort in those situations. But oh. my point is, where is the planning, Neil? Yeah, good point. You know? Yeah, okay. Like, I mean, if if we have to deal with the 185 emergency cases tomorrow, right, that would possibly be uh, about 20 or 30 million just to deal with them alone. You know? But we're, we're coming along, we're banking 500 billion. And then we're, the other side of that is, we're beating Apple. Apple wants to give us money and we're telling them we don't want it. You know, mm, mm. the money that Apple could give us could solve the disability problems tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I know, you know? I know. And That's it, yeah. you know, nationally, Neil, it's probably about three or four thousand people who would need a residential place. Okay, let me put to you: if there was three or four thousand third level students turned up in UCC or DCU tomorrow and they were told, "Sorry, we've no place for you," they'd be mutiny. Yeah, it's almost as if it's a forgotten section of society or ignored or don't talk about it. They'll just continue to do it themselves and they'll do it as a labour of love. Let me talk to Sarah, if you don't mind. Thank you, John. Sarah, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. Thanks for holding. Not at all. Uh, Following, good morning. Uh, Following on from the back, I suppose, of that that lady's email that came through on Friday, which if if all is to be taken as as credence, it's a terrible situation and it must be hard for her to get up every day and put on a brave face and go out to work and knowing at the end of the week you may not be able to go to the cinema or go out for lunch or do what sort of the normal run-of-the-mill things that people do generally. Yeah. But and also I, send, I, a kid, I, I, send, a, send a son or a daughter to college as she does without any Susie grant, you know, having to pay uh, it or something. I mean, no, and I can imagine it must be a dreadful way. I mean, there's no, there's no momentum at all for anybody to kind of get up out of bed every morning and face that for the week. I think your husband is in the same position. I have to say, no, I do have sympathy with that lady without a shadow of a doubt, I certainly do. But my issue is the the critiquing of the children who have special needs that are collected by taxi or by bus or however however they're collected and they haven't assisted with them. I don't understand how the, those children not being collected was, is going to make in any way a difference to her life. Um, her, her, car is not, her car is not going to be filled with petrol or diesel all of a sudden because a son or a daughter or a child isn't going to be taken to school or, or a special college or whatever. But if you're, if, but if you're a neighbour and you do see a taxi picking up a child in the morning and you yes. see a taxi bringing yes. the child back in the afternoon, but yet in the same yes. household there's a car parked up in the drive, don't you have a, a right to be kind of at least curious? Yes, cur- you do, but I mean, you, you you can't make a sweeping statement like that. That's ridiculous because you have to delve into the background of the situation. I have a child, I have a daughter with special needs. That's fine, great, happy day, no problem, and I'm delighted with her and all that. But it's still not very easy. And for the last two years, I had to take my child to school because there wasn't transport available, which that's okay because I'm able to drive, I have a car, and it didn't make any difference to me as such. But the point is, if my child didn't have special needs, she would be able to attend the local school. Thus, there wouldn't be need for me to drive her because she'd be able to walk herself or walk with her peers or get a bus. But she is totally dependent on me and she's totally dependent on transportation. 
Now, oh, I, I understand that. that you could have a child no, with special well, needs yes. from, say, for instance, just pick anywhere, um, say Mayfield, who may well be going to exactly. a, a school that is adapted to cater for that child's needs in Carrigaline. I know yes, that. So yeah. what, yes, so my point is they don't have the luxury, to say it for want of a better word, maybe as other children who can make the wear under their own steam or, as I say, walk with siblings or peers or whatever. But so if you're, if you're paid a carer's yeah, allowance... Why wouldn't a parent who has a car on the drive drive your daughter or your son? I can't comment on other people. My daughter was well, driven by me. By yes, me. I know in your case. Right. But we you, have, yes, but, but I have, we have one car. Yeah. So, that, so other, my husband, who also would use the car, had to make his own way to work because we've only one car. So my, the thing is, if I lived, if my daughter went to a school that was uh, suitable for her needs... She'd be walking to would, school, yeah, yeah. In yeah. a nutshell. Yeah. And I mean, if, and I mean this, this thing about that children with special needs are picked up and the parents are drinking coffee, I mean, that's an outrageous statement. I work, my husband works, I have other children in the house who work. That's five of us who contribute to society, pay our taxes and do what we do, irrespective of the child with special needs. I mean, much as we love her, of course we do. But nobody, nobody sat down and said, God, I hope I'll have a child with special needs because they'll be driven to, to school or college or we'll get A, B, C and D. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, life can change for that lady. And I hope it does. And for to miss smile upon her. She might get a ride, she might win the lotto, whatever. My child is always going to have special needs. Always, always, always. She claims to know someone who spends parts of her day looking up how she could get more and find out other things that she's already entitled to. But sure, there are people like that who who don't have any children with special needs. There are people out with sick benefit and they're coming up with various reasons to be out uh, on a sick benefit. I'm not talking about anybody I know. I'm just saying in general. You're always going to have people who are trying to beat the system. I know, but she's very very frustrated as holding down a full-time job herself, her husband holding down a full-time job. But Neil, I hold down a full-time job. But I hold down a full-time job. My husband holds down a full-time job. I have other children in the home who work full-time. Do you know what I mean? My, she has, my, she has this, I, this neighbour then but, who just... But I can't legislate for her neighbour. I don't know anything but no, about but her neighbour. No, I know that. But that was that's the crux of her email. No, but she... Yes, I agree it's the crux of her email, most certainly. But I mean, it's a very general statement. Children with special needs are picked up. No, but she doesn't know the situation, the circumstances of why my child with special needs would be picked up or, four, or the house four doors down from me. I don't know why. I mean, she doesn't know why. I only know my own circumstances. And you can't judge. You can't, Just because a neighbour is in that situation. A neighbour who stays in their pyjamas as they send their child off in a taxi. Well, I would like her to come to my house and she'd like, I, she can come and meet me as I, as I send my child off. I'm about having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. She was correct with that statement, actually. As I prepare to get ready myself. To go, go to work. To work. Yeah. Okay. Yes, but, my point is nobody knows the circumstances. Maybe it's easier. Maybe the child creates a bit of a hoo-ha in the morning. Maybe it makes life easier for the rest of the family for that particular child. I'm not discussing my child because that's it's it's not my it's not my problem. Shall or well, for want of a better word, it's not my situation. Yeah. Maybe that child needs to go out at a different time. Maybe the family can only get themselves organised when that particular child is gone to school. Yes, but, I mean, you're you, talk, you but you're talking about a woman and a husband holding down two jobs, I mean, barely, hang on, um, you know, paying, putting their own child through college. She has yes. a right to. She's a right to be a bit peed oh, off, to be honest. She has. Because, I'll tell you, she has an enormous right to be peed off, but not for children with special needs. I mean, that you can't. 
Right, and I have I have no doubt that there are people out there who have children with special needs who are, for want of a better expression, milking the system. I have no doubt there are. Human so to, so to some extent, I, you I, agree I, with why she's feeling very, yeah, very let down. No, she feels like I, a I, mug. But I, I think most anybody can make the system if they want to. You have people out there who, there are loads of different scenarios who, who, are, who are working and taking cash under the counter, shall we say, or not paying taxes or feigning illnesses. That's, that's a type of a person. That's 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 the that's a mindset. That's the way you. That is the way people operate. But it's not. You can't come down hard on well, every child that, with special that, needs. That is true. Ninety nine percent of the people. Yeah. Yes, ninety nine percent of people that I know with special needs. The, the people that I know, I can honestly say, hand on heart, genuinely, go out to work. Ninety nine percent of them go out to work. Maybe work part time. Maybe work whatever. Do different hours. But we have, as I said to you, Neil, there are other people in my house who work full time. No, I know that, I know that. People are are paying taxes. But you're, I'm paying taxes. My husband is paying taxes. But she gives an example of somebody who swans around all morning in the pyjamas then meets their buddies for coffee or whatever the case may be. Well, do you know what? And and, and only really has to report for duty when the taxi brings the child back again. Well, if that was my mindset and if I operated like that, I'd actually think I I wouldn't be a very nice person. All right. Which I can't. Everybody else can't be judged on the actions of that person. I mean, to me, that's like that's like back in the day of, of Hitler. Let's round up all the Jews and get rid of them. Let's get rid of all the people with special needs because my life will be better. No, it's it just means my, if there no, weren't people that were abusing it or using it for no, their own benefit, there might be more yes. for genuine cases. But I'm the genuine case where the child with special needs who's yeah. picked up on a taxi. Yeah. But then but you can might... understand my um. But you can understand my sense of umbrage. Of course, I'm going to take offence to it. Okay. okay. I do. Okay. I do feel sorry for that lady's situation beyond a shadow of a doubt. I do. I genuinely do because it's, it's not a very nice, it's a very miserable, bleak sort of an outlook to have or to, to life to live. But I can't. My child or anybody can't be held responsible for that person. All right. Let me get some more calls. I'm out of time. This side of ten. All I, uh, yeah. Appreciate it all the same. Thank you. I know I cut you off short and I don't mean to be rude, but I will pick up on the conversation after 10. Your contribution was valuable to me, Sarah. Thank you for it. The Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Started this morning talking about um, house prices being back to Celtic Tiger highs. We were talking about the cost of living and that, uh, you know, somebody on an income, a combined income of maybe anywhere between 55 and 65 grand would still be struggling just to pay every bill and to survive. One texter says, go buy a site, build an A-rated house, A-rated house with all your services and see how much it costs. You will not do it, Neil, for 400000 The product is costing more than they're worth for a long time, but they will sell in cities where the jobs are. Or if corporation tax ever goes up, it will be worse than the 1980s. Where will Sinn Féin get all the money to build houses for? Um, um, you're saying buy your own site and build an A-rated house with all of the services that you would need to make it an A-rated house and you wouldn't be able to do it for 400 grand? I, I mean, I, I, I would question that. You may well be a builder and maybe somebody in construction would know more about it than me, but I would have thought you would have been able to do it um, because you wouldn't be looking to build something for profit. Uh, on the song Zombies and the Cranberries being sung at uh, the uh, World Cup rugby match, Ireland and South Africa. Zombie has been played when Limerick hurlers play and is played at the rugby because it's an Irish band from Limerick where rugby is very popular. They are playing it and singing Zombie because it's probably the most popular song from the Cranberries. It's probably one of the most well-known songs for an Irish band to be played outside of Ireland too. When Wales won against Australia, they played Stereophonics 
because they are a popular Welsh band. Thanks for that. One more on that. Jim says, isn't it a funny thing when people are complaining about the rugby fans singing Zombie, which is a song promoting peace and calling out the IRA and the English too for their crimes? Let us never forget the Warrington bombings and Timmy and John, the victims for the price of freedom. None of it is worth that price, says says Jim. Yeah, and I suppose to some extent there was also um, another sidebar to this that, you know, even in times of celebration, people find things to complain about, whether it's Ua Up The Ra, whether it's Ireland's call as opposed to the national anthem, and now in this case, um, a superb victory of the Irish over uh, South Africa, and yet, because people sing zombie, that tends to be something that everybody wants to hone in on and criticise. Um, on bar staff that might that might say, same again. Um, and the recommendation now is don't do that because they're saying this could be deemed as being snowflakey or wokey or it could be a serious issue that if bar staff say, same again, you're promoting binge drinking or problematic drinking. Um, Pat says, whatever you're having yourself would be a more likely one. Um, as a response, well, you say... Whatever you're having yourself to the barman, you'd be a very popular punter. We were in Liverpool a couple of weeks ago and the bar staff in most places ask, is that a double for a gin? Uh, and I like when bar staff say, same again. Yeah, the big difference there, of course, is that um, doubles are almost like an Irish standard. The English double is 25 mils, but the Irish, sorry, the English single is 25 mils, whereas in Ireland a standard measure is 35.5. So it would be a big difference between an Irish double and an English double. And then the incident in Douglas has got a lot of people texting. Just one or two. If you look at the videos of the Douglas incident, it looks like the unmarked police car did a manoeuvre to spin the car out by Jono's corner before the car made it to the South Link Road where it would have probably been a high-speed chase and God knows what would happen. Gardaí normally do this to try and spin a car out to stop it. You will see this in a lot of car chases on television. Luckily, nobody was hurt, says Tony and Douglas. And one other one then on that on Saturday evening. You saw the video with your own eyes. I have nothing but pity for the guards' jobs these days. But the guards' car rammed the back of the car first and the driver hit the car in front of him and then went on to hit the wall. Um, you could interpret it that way. Of course you could if you've seen the video footage. However, I have no criticism whatsoever um, for members of Angarda Shikana in playing, in, sorry, in unmarked cars, cars who, who I imagine would be very highly trained and very professional in their job, making that call in the moment to stop the driver. I have no problem with that. In fact, I think we don't give the guards half enough powers to go about their jobs and keep people safe. If that car potentially got onto the the South Link or something like that, God only knows what could have happened. And then, anyway, you can either agree or disagree with that. Text 0868104106. There's lots then on carers of special needs children. And I'll come back to the text in a few minutes' time, but unconscious of phone lines, Pat is standing by. First up, Andrea. Andrea, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Why does it infuriate you? Um, look, I kind of thought about it over the weekend and like I was infuriated when I first heard her message just because I took personally and I shouldn't have done that. Um, but the more I kind of think about it or the more I thought about it, um, this person who sent that message is clearly very unhappy in her life. Um, she's very unhappy with the way her life is and her family life and not being able to spend time with her family. Um I think that she's looking for something to cling on to 
and someone to blame for her own circumstances. That's just what I think. Um, I think that, like, you, you can't just tar every carer with the one brush, you know, like, we're not all the same. Um, like, that woman who she was talking about, she said, was in her pyjamas all day. How does she know? Like, how, how she doesn't know her circumstances, really. She could have been up all night with the child the night before. I know that myself. I've often been up all night with my son, you know, and I'm absolutely exhausted. But, but even if you did, would, would, that, would that be a reason to stay in pyjamas all day? It wouldn't, like, it, you know, it wouldn't. I, I wouldn't do it, but at the yeah. same time, like, you don't know anybody else's circumstances. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's it's a very, it's a different world, like, it's not, do you know, I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, we get carers, we get the domiciliary, they, they get the bus to school. It's not that simple, like, I mean, you're fighting years for the domiciliary care allowance, mm. do you know? Mm-hmm. It's notoriously hard to get. Especially if you if if, if you have a, an autism diagnosis, yeah. You know? one, one thing it, that she didn't mention in it though that others have mentioned on this program in the past is that sadly there is also a cohort of some parents who are very keen to get a diagnosis, very keen to seek one out. Were you aware of that? Look, I think there's always a minority out there. Mm. You know, there's ninety nine. Every now I, I know a lot of parents with ASD kids. I do. You know. And we're all in the same boat. I always say, you know, and, and that's something that no, I not, always I'm not talking about it. Believe me when I say I accept that the vast majority really genuinely do need help, consideration, and also earn and work much harder than any penny or pittances they might get from the state. But she's giving an example of somebody who uh, gave up a job because she was entitled to more if she wasn't working, spends her days in pyjamas with a taxi picking up the child in the morning, bringing it back in the afternoon, bringing the child no. back. She's staying in pyjamas all day and then heads off for coffee with her mates. I assume no, she I doesn't go out in pyjamas, but anyway. I think as I, I, I think she's judging the person as an outsider looking in. She's judging a book by its cover and seeing what she wants to see. She doesn't see the, the behind the scenes. She doesn't see what goes on behind closed doors. Do you know? I, I know that from personal experience. Do you think I don't go for a coffee there when my son goes to school? Of course I do. Mm. Do you know? Because mm. you, you don't, that's probably the only break she gets. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? No, like, and I suppose to some extent... That's why it infuriates me. It, it, like it shouldn't that. mean that's that you're jailed to the house, yeah. Yeah, but it infuriates her like. because both of them are working full-time. The only quality time they have might be on a Sunday morning. Uh, she sometimes has to walk to work or get a spin because she can't afford to put diesel in the car. Um, and every single penny that they have into the house goes on house bills, car bills, college fees, groceries, childcare and diesel. And that's what I meant when I said that she's so unhappy in her own life that she's clinging on to something or someone else and it just happened to be an attack then on carers and our most vulnerable kids. That she decided no, to do no, no. It message. could be deemed that those that abuse the system to their own benefit that she's having a go at. Yeah, but I, I don't think I, I think that's just her opinion. Yeah. I think that's just what she thinks. She thinks that person is abusing the system, whereas I know myself as a carer that that woman probably was up all night the night before with her son. Possibly. I know that she gets no day off because I don't get a day off. Do you know, I work Sundays, I work Christmas Day, I work New Year's Day. Do you know, you don't get a day off as a carer for the hundred and seventeen euros a week. Mm. You just don't. Mm. Do you know, it's twenty four hours a day, three hundred and sixty five days a year. So she's lucky that she gets the Sunday mornings because we don't get that. Do you know, the vast majority of us don't anyway. Do you know, mm. the little cu- couple of hours when the child does go to school is what we get. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, that, that's our break. And but if she that, knows of this woman, who she says then spends most of her time looking up what else she's entitled to, is she entitled then herself to be angry when she when she knows that fact? But that's, again, like, that's her take on what she thinks that that person is doing. That woman could be on her own, you know? She could be desperate for help. She could be looking for support, you know? And you know yourself, like, you there is no support, really, with especially with autism. Like, like there is no support. The only support you get is the carers or the domiciliary that you're fighting years for. Okay, and you mentioned that point. And just one other aspect of it then, I'm just re-highlighting some of the main points in it, where she says that if there's a car in the drive that sits there all day, maybe it's taken out for the cup of coffee, I don't know, but it sits there all day, but yet a taxi would pick the child up in the morning with a special needs assistance, incidentally, and then the same taxi with the special needs and drops the child back home later that day. Is that yeah, not, which, is that infuriating if there's a car in the drive? No, okay. no, it's not. It's not infuriating, and I tell you why now because they they suggest teachers suggest the taxi sometimes even if the child is living nearby to kind of help their communication skills to help their social skills even if the child lives near the school they do suggest them to get the taxi just to help their communication skills and their life skills. Do you know? Because that child might only be comfortable around his mother or his father or his family. Do you know, he might not be used to other people. And like that, that was our case. Like, do you know, like he, like our son kind of, he'll chat away to us, but he'd be a bit standoffish with other people. The taxi is not only for transport, which is like the transport is very helpful, especially for people who don't drive and for schools that are very far away. Mm. But it also helps their social skills and their communication okay, skills. Okay. And the, 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 the teachers, they do kind of suggest, look, we, we strongly suggest that you take the transport. I was offered the transport and my son's school is only around the corner. And does he, does he go by transport? No, I, well, that, that was my own personal decision. I felt that, that, that he didn't need it, yeah, you know? Yeah, but that, yeah. that was my decision. But you could have but taken it, but you didn't. I could have taken it, and they kind of pushed it on me, and they rang me, and they said, look, you, I, we think you should take it. But look, that, that was our own personal decision. Yeah. We didn't want to, yeah. you know? But I do know of other parents that do get it, and it has helped their kids communicate. So skills, how does an know, outsider view that then in a local area where they see a child getting into a taxi to go around the... Well, I know it's not around the corner, but maybe a short distance. Are they right to be critical of it or to feel like a mug? No, no? Okay. they're absolutely not because they're they're judging a, a book by its cover. You know, you don't know the ins and outs. Like I just explained to you there now that the teacher suggested because it helps their social skills. Obviously, people who don't know about autism right. are ignorant okay. to that. Yeah, good stuff. Know? All right, let, uh, let Jennifer jump in on this. Thank you, Andrea. Jennifer, good morning. Go ahead. Hi, Neil. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, your response to it. <laughs> sorry your response tell me about your own scenario oh, because right, this sorry, started well, with an email oh, that yeah, I read out on Friday long, morning yeah okay. this is my daughter um, has um, a lot of things she's partially scoliosis craniosynostosis um, then in Temple Street 10 years ago they actually had a, a surgical error and cut a ventricle in her head they couldn't fix it so they had to put in the shunt that's fine Roll on 10 years later, we're down for the last three years in Crumlin for her spine. She's got an aggressive, progressive curve. It's like in, it's in the 80s, which is really, really bad. And the, we literally got to the surgery door, like Thursday, we were meant to get the call to go, they cancelled it. They were like, we'll ring you back on Friday or Monday. Nothing all last week. Um, I rang them this morning. They were like, oh, she's back on the waiting list. 
Uh, like the physiotherapist in Cork just texted me as I'm on air with you saying, how did the surgery go? It's like, they just, and they haven't spoke to me. They've not, they've just put it back on a waiting list. Oh, and how long would that it's be? ridiculous. We don't know. They haven't radio, nothing. They, have, they haven't just really responded to me. She was like, oh, I have to get in contact with the consultant. But it's, I don't know, to be honest. This has gone around for the last three years. We've done everything. We had to redo all the pre-ops because of COVID. So well, she's had 10 procedures had... already and two of those were oh, like she's 15 had 10. hours She's on. had 10 on her skull already, yeah. She's had 10 on her skull already and now we're going into the spine. So she is compa- complex. That's why it did take a long time to get her to the surgery door, you know. But they've cancelled it with no words. They just said they didn't have a bed and then they said, that, oh, we have a spine problem. I said, no, you don't have a spine problem, I do. Well, you so, worried, were, you worried, were you worried at all recently there with regards to the, um, the scandal of... Spinal yeah, operations she's, and so yeah, I'm t- yeah, well, the HSC, but to me, so I just, I, that's a, but that's a separate issue, like, it's, her spine needs doing, you know. Was there ever anything? Are, was there, there is, well, there is Caden got, she got, like, infections from Temple Street, they cut a ventricle in her head, so she has a shunt because of that, that was a surgical error in Temple Street, ten years ago. Yeah. So yeah. now we're now we're dealing with the now we're dealing with the spine. You know her bones, unfortunately, been attacking her fears. But now we're dealing with the spine. Well, you and you know of un, unlicensed and and unauthorized implant items, including springs and things like that, yeah. compression springs. They, they were they were supposedly used in complex surgical procedures yeah. from children with yeah. spinal she issues or spina bifida, particularly. That wouldn't well, would that no, include no, that wouldn't have included no, that wouldn't have included that would not have included her. But she was on. We were, there were so many teams because she was very complex in, in Temple Street as well. There was a lot of teams that at her. You know what I mean? So we don't actually know. Now I have her medical files, and my dad was like, "We're going to have to go through them." But I'm like, I just want her spine done. You know what I mean? Like I, the child really needs her spine done. We, they don't wait, wait, and I mean like Neil. They literally scared the life out of the child. They told her exactly what aftercare was. So she's been ripping off her nails since. You know what I mean? What do you mean aftercare, what it was? What do you mean the by aftercare, that? The aftercare, they showed this. They're going to really hurt Caitlin. You're going to be scared from hair to hair. It's going to be like a boot camp. You know what I mean? They literally, they tell you what, they tell the child what's going to happen in aftercare. Like, you know, they don't hold back. Like, so when you hear somebody criticising parents of children with special medical issues, whether it's spina bifida, spinal problems, yeah. or indeed on, on the spectrum or autism or living with, yeah, with I've issues. Got it, and my son's autistic, so yeah. I'm literally on the same thing with the taxis, same thing. But I've got two kids with special needs, so I need the taxi because I can't get the both of them to two special needs and they're in different So you're, you're, you're so. full-time with the children then? <laughs> oh yeah, full-time with two Not, special needs okay. children. You're, you're a parent to begin with and then everything yeah. else that comes with being oh, yeah, a parent yeah, of yeah. children like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two on my own, yeah. yeah. So when you hear somebody say that people <laughs> are abusing... That's hilarious, that yeah. just makes me laugh. Hmm... But uh, it's it's just it's just I don't know what I mean I can shout and scream all I want but they're just not going to do the search I mean why give her a date and then say you're back on a waiting list that don't make any sense well you're as much angry as and annoyed about the health oh, yeah. system that is in yeah, Ireland but the child is as well the child is as well I think they take the fact that she's in special needs that she just doesn't care Caitlin is more clever than myself or you you know yeah, she's, yeah. she does know like yeah. you know so when so yeah. you're just waiting for another date oh, then 
They haven't. If she said I'd ring you back Friday or Monday, I gave them all last week. Not one phone call. I got through to some nurse this morning and she was like, oh, I'll speak to her consultant. There's, there's kids in beds. And I was like, but she can't. Caitlin's meant to be out in recovery now. Caitlin should have been out of the hospital by now. You know what I mean? I was and like, how likely. Do you think that any it, of the surgery. All, all the, the, I said it twice. The scandal broke Thursday night, Thursday night. And why have phone calls Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from Crumlin? All just. Regular stuff like don't forget her CPAP machine, you know. Yeah, and like then all of a sudden cancelled. And then, then Thursday, the call to go, they rang me and they were like, there's no bed available. And I was like, what? And then literally that night and the following morning, everything was on the news. And my dad was freaking out because it was Temple Street and, and those years, Caitlin was in there for six months. That's why I was over asking you, forgive me for asking. Over just, a surge, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, but the, the, we're all thinking this as well. Over a surgical error, she had so many surgeries and we're like, and I, I've said it to them. Did I they said, tell you what the surgical error was? I know exactly what it was. They cut a ventricle in her head, okay. but then she ended up getting they, then she ended up getting an infection up there, and they couldn't stop it. Okay. Like she got, if you Google her name, it would all come up because I'd done an interview while I was up there. But mm. um, mm. okay, yeah, okay. it's just mad. Like it's just it's all oh, you think that what they've done to the child, they'll just just get her over and done with. Yeah, I know. Because and I'm just wondering if it's related to the scandal, you know. The, oh, it definitely is, like, it definitely yeah. is. Okay. It definitely is, okay. you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate that. Back to the phone lines we go to WhatsApp. Audrey, good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, what am I seeing here? I'm seeing you honing in on different areas, specifically the taxi, is it? Yes. Okay, No, I, yeah. I, I didn't really pick up on Friday. I didn't it's only this morning I've heard the few bits being you said. heard me recap on it yeah okay good I heard your recap on it yeah um but I have a son me all and he's seven now in first class in main integrated into mainstream but for he at the age of 18 months I noticed that his speech you know it wasn't coming across you know, as it should be. For now, his age, maybe, yeah, yeah. For his age, and I'm disability trained, I would maybe have more of an awareness, but um, I, you know, he was referred to speech and language. Eventually, after a long time, he was seen by the speech and language therapist um, at the age of four and quickly diagnosed with having a severe speech sound disorder. Okay, okay. And... Okay. She quickly, she said pretty much within like the first two visits, there is um, a language class in a local town that has a language classroom that takes six children only. Okay, this is language support classes. And did he get a place? He did, thankfully, yeah. But it's a distance from home, is it? It was, yeah. it, It is a distance from home. And I have two other kids, so... I would. He would not have been able to take the place if I hadn't had the the taxis. Like they were, and it also, like as as another caller said, it encourages friendships, you know, with the others in the classroom as well. Because it's not just now. Maybe some get one taxi, you know, for one. But he was, you know, part of a taxi with three others. So you would take um, umbrage being thrown into this um, category by the emailer who talks of parents staying in their pajamas, sending yeah. the kids off, and then complaining that they you don't know, get enough. Cars in the drive, and but I have to drive my other two kids to school, and you know it was a very tough year for Michal. He, you know, he put his heart and soul into getting his language improvement, improvement, you know, improving. And how's that working out for him? 
Well, he's good. His his language has come on fantastically. But like we've I've also noticed that it's not just the language. Like DLD is his diagnosis, and actually the awareness day is coming up soon in October. But it's it's not just language it affects. Um, and he developmentally, I can see a huge difference to his peers. As in then, but as in, is there any social improvement with them in social interaction with others? Well, yeah, but at a very much younger level. Um, I know. He would, yeah. His social emotional development would probably be at that of a three or four year old as, paired, as compared to other peers of seven. Ah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's, but now I have to start the battle to try and get needs assessments, you know, OT. I've got, there's a three year waiting list for an OT assessment. Um, it's wearisome then. I got a letter. I thought it was. I thought it was an, a, an appointment, but I got an application form to fill in about the assessment. That it like to see will he will he actually be offered an assessment? Yeah. He clearly does. So he the will paper need. trail continues to slow oh, things down. You yeah. know, and it's just going to be year after year after year, months after months. And while that's going on, he's not going to get the supports that he needs. Okay. And this uh, all this all started of course because of an email on Friday from somebody who's working full time, a husband's working full time. She just sounds own- very unhappy in her in her own like maybe maybe she sees one person and has assumed that everyone is like that. You know, that's the impression that I'm getting. But she's also there paying um a, like a GP visit could be 60 euro all day long. Yeah. You could pay the yeah. same again um, for medication or a prescription mm-hmm. in the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Your children might have to pay to go to see the dentist if you work and get up and go out into a job. And she sees others then who get all of that for free. My husband works. Well, like we don't. We, we pay for everything. I mean, I don't have a carer's allowance. I don't. I haven't oh, no. taken anything. And, and, and so therefore. I, and I, and I, 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 I am a stay at home mother to my three children. You know, because my husband is farming, and and also I was diagnosed myself with uh, chronic um, arthritis, so I can't return to my work. My husband has um, a chronic condition as well, but he has to work twelve and sixteen hour days to keep a house going. Yes, yes, and so does the emailer. Uh, she also has to. Um pay for college fees because she's not entitled yeah. to a Susie grant. She has all of the costs of books or lunch or all sorts of and travel costs I have related. all of those things as well. So that year where Michal was able to get that taxi, it just allowed him, it allowed him to develop his speech. Okay. okay. Uh, you know, okay. and to be lucky enough. What needs to be discussed is the lack of these classrooms. You know, that like six places for a huge area. Oh, it's far from like, adequate. Uh, that would, you know, that, that, yeah, that, that wouldn't just, surprise me, however. I mean, there's a, there's a story, there's a story crazy. breaking this morning now that I'm hearing from uh, Councillor Ken O'Flynn just before I let you go. Let me just drag it up here. Apparently he got uh, an email from a constituent saying, I'm wondering, do the people of Cork know that the children's ward in the Mercy Hospital is closing in the early quarter of next year? 
Can you believe that? Can you no. believe that? This the There's ward staff, uh, experienced nurses and doctors serving primarily the north side of the city and the surroundings mm-hmm. will be I, a my, huge my loss. Has been time there. Yeah. There'll be no emergency department service for children. All of the services apparently are being moved in and incorporated into the CUH. Yeah. And they are already overloaded. Absolutely. So why do you take something that works in the Mercy Hospital for our children? Outsourcing to more local general hospitals and getting more more sent to the likes of Mallow General Hospital. I know they did a fantastic job. Okay. No, I know. I'm just I'm just mentioning. Uh, why no, why just, is there this huge why is this big buzzword centralization of everything into one supposedly state of the art? No, I'm not in any way criticizing the staff here. But if oh the God, if no, the children's exactly. ward in the mercy was working, why close it? Money, I suppose. Again. Okay. All right. Thanks Audrey. Take care. Julie, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for holding. Um go ahead. What's on your mind? So it was just mainly about that woman, really, like, and on about the children being picked up and the kids going. Like, who knows what that lady's going through inside in her own house when she puts them kids into the car. Like, I don't get transport for my two kids. I've one in a unit and I've one in a mainstream, but he's going into mainstream school in September. I've no places for him. I've had no help in five and a half years of anybody but their school. Well, the the impression I get from the email is that the parent has one child um, and she's getting carer's allowance for her own child, same age as the child of the person who sent the email. That child is picked up by taxi in the morning, brought back later by taxi. So what do you think the mother is doing all day? She could be in home. Who knows? This could be her time to just breathe and scream. And do whatever, like, because autism, people think that it's an easy run. It's actually quite not. It's actually quite hard. Yeah, but there's a long day there, though. Five days a week to be in home. But by the time, like, there could be a lot of housework and stuff that okay. she could have. No, I know, I know. I'm sure I know. I know. No, I know. Yeah. Like, I, like, I myself, I love to be out working, but I have to sit around and wait for my child's preschool to text me to say oh he's a wet nappy or he has this I can't move because I have to be there at all times yeah yeah because you would have to go to him yeah my school I have to travel but but I get a family member to drop my two kids to school I go with them and I have to hang around like it's not like that I can't just go up and get a job and say to the job I have to leave it wouldn't be possible. No, you couldn't. Uh, you would, no, with the best will in the world, you couldn't hold that job down. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for that, you get carers allowance for the two boys. I do. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 work and earn every penny of that. I'm sure, but you don't get the the taxi in the morning, or you have a family member. No, I don't get. I have, like my oldest boy is seven. He's in a unit now. My youngest boy is four, like he really, really needs a unit for September, which I don't have a place for, which is really, really worrying. And of course, somebody criticising a mum with special needs children doesn't have that worry of whether there'll be a place for the child in September. That's it. Like I have nowhere. I have to send my child to mainstream school in September because I have no place. And I know my child needs a special school, not a mainstream school. 
And how are you coping with the cost of everything going up, fuel going up, everything going up? Um, how do you cope with all of that, price of groceries and things like paying bills? We just have to, I just have to cope. I've been lost without my mum and dad, really. Only for the sake, for the help of my mum and dad, I'm a lone parent with two kids, like. So that they help and they also supplement? Yeah. You wouldn't be able to do it otherwise? I wouldn't be able to do it on my own, no. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Appreciate that. Another one here on line five is Janice. Janice, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'll just, just turn off the radio here now. Please do, because you're talking about the fact that far too many or too too many people are too quick to judge, I believe, is it? That's, that's right, Neil. I'm sorry. I was just saying to your, the, the oh, Kevin was it on the phone. Yeah, Kevin, yeah. Um, my child went out the door this morning and half a Right, I I didn't hear the broadcast, so I didn't hear. But I'm only listening comments. I'm they're on about pajamas. I'm in my pajamas with my housework, but there'll be nobody see me at eleven o'clock going into my car and collecting my child because he can't do a full day in school. But they did see him going out the door at half six this morning. No problem. But they mightn't see me going out the door at eleven o'clock to collect him. Do you know what I mean? He cannot do a full day. Um, there's two cars outside my door. How did he? How did he go? So how did he go at half eight? Oh, he went on transport. That's what I'm saying. He went on transport, but there's two cars in my drive. But he went on transport. She'd absolutely have a hissy fit if she was the emailer sending an email about somebody with two cars in the drive and the child picked up by taxi. My husband has gone. My husband has gone in one obviously to work, but I have a car. But I need that car now. He goes to school on the bus because of his social interacting. He needs the social interact on the bus. Yeah. If I tell him he's not going on the bus, I could have a complete meltdown here. Yeah. Because he wants to be on the bus. That's his only way of seeing his friends. And people don't see that. Like, if you look at my child, to be quite honest with me, he is mainstream. He do not look special needs. Right, right. And a lot of people... Now, what I said to your, to your um, person on the phone there, sorry, Kevin, on the phone, when I'm there, when we collect Carl from school, I have to be on standby then. We have to be on standby to go for walks, to go for spins for at least three, four or five hours. Every day? Every single day, every single day, we have to get into the car, we have to go for spins to beaches, count dogs, people in the area, you know his car. Count, did you say count dogs? Count dogs, count cats. If we can't walk, we have to go in the car. He knows every cat, every dog in the windows, you name it. We have to go for at least two to three hours every single day after school. Either be in the car or in or walking. That's his routine that you have. You have to follow his routine. routine. Well, he's like, as I call it, I go where my compass brings me. He's my compass. And what I'm saying is when that lady says she sees a child going out to school in the morning and that little woman sitting in her pyjamas or whatever, that woman, I don't know who she is. All I'm saying is she could be charging her batteries for when that child comes in. She could be. She could be. She could. she could be recharging yeah. her batteries because when my child comes in, I do have to be on the ready to go. Now, I do work part-time. The job I have, they're fantastic. They walk around him. I could get a call at any time. He's on the bus at half estate. I could get a call at quarter past nine to say, unfortunately, he had a hissy fit on the bus. You need to come and collect him off the bus. People don't see that part. 
they don't see what's going on inside doors. Mm. So when he comes in no, at 11, have, say, this morning now, the chances I, are... I leave here now at 11 to collect him because he, he's being, he has now to be collected at half 11 because he's on short hours. We have to try and build him up now yeah. to the full day in school because, unfortunately, he can't manage a full day in school at the moment. So that's why you could so get a call at any time. But let, let's say he, he, you don't get a call between now and 11. A different, a different um, agenda kicks in at 11am or half 11 or what have you that could see you out and about till, what, three or four in the afternoon counting dogs oh, or no, cats. Or... This, 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 oh, yeah. Like, this is it now. I will have to go because this is the routine now for the next three or four weeks right. to try and build him up to get him into a full day. So no matter what, I will have to collect him and ha- leave here at 11 to collect him for half past. But driving around three or four hours a day, well, to begin with, it's, it's very expensive with the cost of burning fuel. But if you I said... O- if- I often said it, Neil, to be honest, instead of care as long as I should fuel alone. Because he might say, I, I want to go to the beach. Oh, we could be in Fountainstown, we could be in Myrtleville, you could be in Yall, you could be in Tremor, you could be anywhere. But who'd pick, you you'd pick Tremor, though, would you? No, like, we hear certain areas. And Tremor. he'd say such and such a beach. Like, to me, Like, now, if he says if Tremor, he wants, do you have to go to Tremor? Well, you'd have to go for the long spin. He'd look for the long road, the big, long road, because he'd know the different roads. And he'd say, go, and he'd be, he, he's total nonverbal, total nonverbal. And if you didn't go that far, what would happen? Oh, they could be, they could be a hissy fit in the car. That's, that's another thing that people don't see. We have hissy fits in the car. We had to get, we have no support of it. We had to get a harness put into the bus because of him. Now, as, as I will point out, Neil, he did not ask for this. No, no, not saying, and not this is not a criticism of your son. It is no, not a that's criticism I'm saying. of your son. No. He did not ask for this to be born like this. I would love to be able to drop him off to mainstream school. No problem, like the rest of my kids. I've had three other kids and I dropped them. I would love to be able to do that, but unfortunately, this is the deck we were dealt. And who's and there for the o- who's there for the other children when they come in the front door? My other my other children, thank God, are all older. They're all older and they're adults. Yeah. So they now I have help with them and they're fantastic. I wouldn't wrong them, and my family are fantastic. It's only this year we've actually got respite for him. He's fifteen. Because I had a family for the last, I'd say, nine or ten years. My family stood in and gave me one week off every year. I had a sister that stayed, moved into the house when my other kids were smaller, and she was fantastic. And my other family would go on a list for us to get away for one week a year, just to give us that break. And, and they're on about people getting things, getting things. He is 15, and this is our first year ever getting respite for my son. Mm. What would you do at that and time? Believe it, or not, believe it or not, we went away in April for respite and we went for a week and we had to come back after five days because they, he, had a, he had an episode at the respite and he was being sent home. Oh, it's heartbreaking for you. It's, it's also so exhausting. We had, to get a, we had to get a flight to come home. Now, we did have sons here that would have managed him but as parents... I always say it, Neil, they didn't bring him into the world. We did. I know. And your commitment and to I him is 100%. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we want to commit him. And my thing with my other sons is they're fantastic. And as I said, my family are fantastic. But it'll become a day that we won't be able to mind him. And they will have to step in. So I don't want their lives at the moment put on hold. I want them to live their lives. 
so that they can then step in when we can't live our lives. And how do you feel about the hand that you have been dealt, both you, your husband, the other children and your son? To be honest with you, some days you do, and I won't put my hand up, some days you'll say, why did it have to be us? Why did it have to be us? But then uh, most days, what I will always say, and I will say it to everybody, there is always worse out there. We have what we have, but I look at it and I'll say there's worse out there. And we just manage what we do manage. I know, I know, I know. But he is, he is. It's an extraordinary story, it really is. He he is, in fairness now, he's a dream of a child when he's good. As I'd say, like anything they'd say, when they're good, they're good. But when they're horrid, they're horrid. Yeah, but it's not his fault or misfortune, you know. It's not his fault. And I always say, when he has an episode, you'll be there, you get over the episode... They so could you, be chairs yeah, long, yeah. they could be tables long, but people on the outside don't see that. As I said, Neil, to look at my child, he looks as mainstream as you and me. Mm, mm, mm. Did, and you, hear the, did you hear the enough. email in its entirety, yeah? I didn't. That's what I said. I didn't. I'm yeah. only getting in bits of it here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just talking about my child in general. A woman who says that she has a neighbour who gave up uh, work because she knew she'd get more if she wasn't working, got a diagnosis for her son, taxi in the morning, taxi in the evening, all day in the pyjamas, off for coffee, ma- coffee dates with her pals, um, never okay. paid a penny tax while herself and but her do husband... They know, but do they know what's going on inside the door? Well, we certainly have they an idea as to how tough yeah. you have it, yeah. yeah. Do you know, yeah. but like as I said, here Neil, I, I, worked, I worked all my life and okay. then I did have Carl. I gave up work for a year or two, to be honest with you, to enjoy him, right? But unfortunately, it turned out that I couldn't go back to work. But thank God I went back to work part-time two years ago. And I, I only work a day and a half a week. That they will roll, they will do my weekday during the week to suit me, and I work on a Saturday so that my husband is at home with my son. I know, I know. And I go out right. solely for my mental health. Of course you do. You would, that goes but people without don't see. Yeah. And as I said, the same. I have a neighbour here. She could probably say in the name of God, what's going on inside that house next door? But she understands it. Yeah. Okay. She okay. understands it a hundred percent. Like. All right, Janice. Thank you so much. Um, so, extraordinary. For me, there's story. people out there. As I said, there's people out there worse, but people shouldn't in glass houses should not throw stones. All right. Thanks for that. Thanks, Janice. Back after the break. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. And meanwhile, then, you have to question the quality of parenting, perhaps, with regards to this crowd of youths who look very, very young to me, causing mayhem down in Cove. I was sent the video footage of them kicking the head off some young fella kicking the head off some young fella on the ground. Contacting you out of desperation, there's a group of teens aged about 13 out of control here in Cove. Last week, there was an arranged fight at the Rock, an area that links Lower Middleton Street to the Cathedral. The fight continued on to Lower Middleton Street and ended close to Pierce Square. Up to 20 others of similar age joined in. Video footage online shows a number of these kids, yes, a number of them is right, a posse of them, a herd of them, kicking a defenceless youngster in the head repeatedly. He was eventually able to break away from them and run. 
Uh, but last month, the same gang were throwing bottles and stones at people's homes. They're being left to do what they like and their parents are allowing this to happen. Uh, we did contact the Gardaí when we saw the video footage and the Gardaí said they have no record of this incident. But yet, the video footage is there for all to see. And the emailer who sent that email to me is, of course, questioning and critical of the parents of these uh, children and they're not all young fellas they're young girls as well and they run in a posse run in a pack like a herd screaming and roaring and egging each other on and all to get a young fella down on the ground so that they can all kick him in the head are parents responsible? text 0868104106 a lot of people with special needs kids who need taxis have other kids too my nephew gets one to school that is not local the school and my sister then takes her other kids to their bus stop a mile and a half away she couldn't possibly do both at the same time now could they uh, carers payment remember is a taxical, ta- taxable payment I'm receiving carers with my and my husband works full time but we struggle every week we don't qualify for any of these back to school payments fuel allowances or anything else like that people talk of I tried to work for four years part time but because carers is taxable it made more sense for me to stay at home because of how much was taken from both our wages plus paying childcare. We don't, for the record, get taxis. I drive. I can't afford either to go for coffee or for lunch or to buy any new clothes. Uh, Neil is making ridiculous statements. My son gets a taxi to school and I drive. My son's school is 30 kilometres away from our home. Yes, I get carer's allowance, but that definitely wouldn't cover the diesel. And yes, I have a cup of coffee in my hand when my child is going out onto the bus. Just one or two more. I agree with the original emailer. I live in a housing estate. There are two families in my estate with kids with special needs and you could set your clock by them. Once the kids are collected by taxi, both are off and out to the gym. Did you ever think that maybe they need to go to the gym, that they need some form of release, that they need to work out, to get on a treadmill, to pump weights, to get adrenaline rushing, to keep them going mentally and physically? Just asking. Uh, The woman who sent that email is just a bitter, begrudging woman and needs to forget about people with children with special needs until she eventually can walk in their shoes. And a final one. Why are you blaming parents with special needs? Why not focus on all the money going to all the newcomers coming into Ireland? Well, they would say, I suppose, that division, as a texter says to me this morning, division is the new world order. Divide society so that we're arguing and bickering amongst ourselves. That's the new agenda. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show. Red FM. Please don't confuse texts that I'm reading out or emails with my own opinion on anything. I do give it from time to time. Don't get me wrong in that regard. But much of the time I'm reading out many people's other other people's opinions like this one. Uh, I send my special needs child off in a government paid taxi this morning. A state taxi. I'm on a higher tax bracket and I will work 70 hours a week for the privilege of having that salary. 70 hours. I wish my teenage child could go to school locally with his peers, his friends. He will be my dependent forever, though. And tomorrow, when he goes off, I will send him in the same clothes and then dress and present at the office for work. If you don't have enough money, people, go back to school like I did in my 40s instead of curtain twitching. Another one who refers to people who take advantage of the system as dole heads... 
And the reason dole heads wear pyjamas every day is because there is no more signing on. There are no big dole queues in any town now on a Tuesday morning because the government don't want this. It's not because the country is in full employment. It's because everything is online now. If you lose your job, you go online for the dole. There's no waiting in queues and no face-to-face interviews at Dole offices and unemployment exchanges. This online Dole application is open to abuse big time, even from abroad, if you know what I mean. Also, it is now 100% acceptable to go for an interview in pyjamas. Why? Because you showed up and you got your letter of refusal from the employer. That's all you need in this great country. And some more. It's funny you say that she has a right to be peed off at a system that was made more than likely by the people she voted into government. This is the working parent. She has no right, though, to be peed off about anything. She made it happen. As I said, why doesn't she blame the government who made this scenario? As the saying goes, don't hate the player, hate the game. And at this point, this government has made the game the way it is. So she has no right in the world to write an email just because she thinks she's getting the wrong end of the stick, especially after she probably voted the makers of the game into power. One or two more. Don't give out my details, but the way it is now, it's called Diagnose and Dump. Which actually, before I read this, this would be hurtful and upsetting to people who really do their very best by their children and anguish and worry about them every single day. Anyway, diagnose and dump. That's how our beautiful, brave children are dealt with by the HSE. My child is a teenager now, and despite all the promises in the past 10 years, they've received no support from the HSE. My child has autism and an intellectual disability, will never, ever live independently. My only hope is that I outlive my child. Isn't that an awful hope to have? If my child is not being supported now, what will happen when I die? I don't want my child to bury me because the future for my child terrifies me. I would give up my life to take away my child's special needs. Uh, the person, lady who emailed and wrote about children with special needs is a disgrace. I would pay any tax. I'd work every hour. I'd do absolutely anything to take away my child's special needs. Um, I'm an OAP. Passing a pram in Duns recently, I received a kick in the shin. And I said, hey, to the young fella, when the woman said, he has special needs... As she was concerned, that's all she was concerned with at the end of the day. Does it allow special needs children to do what they like? Did she not apologise? Was that her retort to you defensively saying he has special needs? Uh, An apology wouldn't have been out of order either, would it? Here's a fact for you. I have a good friend who's an OT, an occupational therapist, and she is bombarded these days by people looking to get letters with a diagnosis for their kids and there's nothing wrong with the children. Sensory issues, apparently, is the big diagnosis these days so that they can get extra bedrooms in their free homes. This is mainly focused on particular areas of the city, which the texter identifies, which I won't identify, because I think it is insulting to particular areas to hone out parts of the city as being um, um, probably, um, in her eyes or his eyes, no, it's my number one, engaging in fraudulent activity. You can say that about about individuals, but you can't say it about entire parishes. One or two more. I know a girl who has three kids going to a special needs school in the city from East Cork. A taxi picks them up. Happy days, she says. And she still gets fuel allowance. She So she doesn't take her kids to the city and then they come on the radio saying that they get nothing. 
they're worse than politicians. I actually feel I feel bad for the girl who sent in the email. I would love to work, but I can't because I have to wait for the teacher to ring in case my son has a dirty nappy. And who knows? Maybe the girl with her pyjamas on all day could be crying at home in the pyjamas alone all day. I'm fuming over it. I was never offered transport. Uh, a family member helps me out and does it for me. And there are reams more like that, which I'll come back to, including calls after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. That's where you're at. Back to the phone lines we go. William standing by. First up, Tara, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Thank you. Lengthy text, and I do appreciate you coming on air. Coming on air, so go ahead. Um, yeah, I just wanted to just um, like flip the situation there. That that emailer, like that email, first of all, it was absolutely disgusting and very insulting to parents like me who have kids with special needs. But she ever realised that that lady in her pajamas might be looking out the window at her, wishing that she could drop her kids to the local school that she chose for them. Good point. That she could drive in traffic to work to come home, to talk to her children, to plan universities, to plan futures for her kids. Um, like, I think, you know, she's coming across very bitter and jealous and all this, like, about free money and what carers get for free. But, like, if you just flip it around, like, she's the lucky one. Um, like, she's so lucky that she's, she's able to go to work, that she's able to make choices, that her kids have, like, a certain cer- certainty to their future. Um, so I just wanted to make that point because I just think her email is absolutely disgusting. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and unfortunately, it becomes very much generalised as if she's saying it about all people, but that isn't the case. I think it was, in, 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 in the, from my reading of it, it was one particular neighbour that she was talking about, but obviously people will interpret it differently and think that she's talking about all people with children with special needs and everyone yeah. gets upset about it. Yeah, of course, but first of all if she's at work all day how does she know the neighbours in her pyjamas all day and secondly nobody nobody in this world knows what goes on behind closed doors um, like you have this Instagram world where everything looks rosy and people might look at my life your life everyone's life from the outside but that woman could be in like the depths of despair depression have mental health issues nobody knows so just I feel like if you're lucky enough like to have healthy kids that you can put enough food on the table then you should just stop looking at what others have and just be grateful for what you have um, I think that woman needs some serious um, help and work on herself just to be happy within herself because obviously there's there's something seriously wrong but she's uh, she's also seeing her own life being very very difficult in its own right and, right, and it's exclusively her story in the sense that they both work full-time, barely see each other. Um, it's only on a Sunday that they have any kind of quality time in the home. Um, sometimes she has to either walk or borrow money because she has no, literally nothing to put diesel in the car with. They go from paycheck to paycheck with bills and all sorts of groceries, childcare, diesel, everything to pay for. And they see nothing coming back from it. I mean, the, her quality of life is bad as a taxpayer. Yeah, but as a taxpayer, like, I worked for 35 years. I had to give up work last year to care for my son, but I actually don't qualify for carers allowance. So I also struggle, like, with all these things that she does. Just because I'm at home caring for my son with a disability doesn't mean that I have a lavish lifestyle. 
We all want But it's a disgrace that you don't get a carer's benefit. Because it's means tested. So if the income into the family home is like um, above a certain... But forget about that means tested nonsense. It's putting zero value on your contribution. Yeah, so I get a domiciliary for my son, which goes to all his therapies. Plus, I have to add more. I have another daughter. Um, but that's about I, 60 or 70 euro a week. Imagine what the cost is, of, of full-time residential care would be to the state. Sorry? Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just making the point that what you ever, whatever you get, domiciliary-wise is very small money considering what it would be if your son was in full care of the of resident in a residential setting paid for by the state. Yeah, well obviously there's a lot of people in a lot worse worse positions and also and we're lucky enough that like my partner does work um and we can put all his domiciliary towards his therapies um and I have worked right up until this point. But what I just want to get the point across that that email that, that lady sent, yeah, it might not be to every carer that she sent it, but I think it's just really, really insulting. And I think opinions like that, like, should really be kept to herself, and she should just kind of focus on her own life, um, and her own happiness, and her own healthy kids, um, and their future, rather than you know putting labels on people, calling, you know, saying that people are claiming things that they shouldn't be claiming because you really just don't know what's going on behind closed doors, um, and the whole taxi situation as well. Like our kids deserve a lot more than a taxi. The fact that taxis have to be given to our kids because there's no school places in local towns is an absolute disgrace. Um, so if she wants to be angry with something, she should be angry with the government, um, the HSC, the disability services, just everything across the board. Mm. There's always people in this world that will take advantage of things. Yeah, and you do say that. You said absolutely that uh, you're not naive enough and you do understand that people do abuse the system. There was a text who spoke of an occupational therapist bombarded by people looking to get letters for diagnoses for their kids who have nothing wrong with them. Yeah, well, again, that's the system and that's not up to individuals to point out. If people are slipping through the cracks, then... Like there's something wrong with the system, do you know? But there are people that. But who would do that? Have their I, children I, misdiagnosed because there's money in it or an extra bedroom? Well, who would do that? I mean, that's. I don't know why anyone would do that. And just from personal experience, um, like having to take a career break and fighting for a domiciliary for three hundred and thirty euro a month, and I've paid tax my whole life. And um, like my dad works. Um, we have a mortgage, you know, we have to run cars, I have to drop my child to Carrigaline from Cove to school. Um, like, I, I applied for the domiciliary with a, a official report of an autism diagnosis and, like, it got refused. So I had to, like, reapply again. So, like, it's not easy. It's a fight, so yeah, for, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if anyone would want to take the time to do that falsely, then they also need some help because... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like it, it, it's exhausting. No, I take the uh, point where you say parents who are lucky enough to have children that they can plan for, have conversations with the children, plan for their future, get good night's sleep without worry and just be excited about their children's future. They are so lucky to be able to do all of that. I take yeah, that point. At the end of the day, you know, like when I was pregnant um, on board of my kids, you like have these dreams that they'll go to this school, they'll play this sport, they might play this instrument. And when that's taken away from you, 
um, like it's, it's very, very hard when you're given a school place that you have to take regardless of where it is. That is extremely hard. And I think that gets lost like in these kind of conversations of people that are bitter saying like free money, like nothing in life is free. Um, I love my son. I would not change him for the world. I couldn't take away his autism if it would change him in the morning because like he's just amazing. But obviously when you go to bed at night and there is like worries, like all parents, for all kids, with kids with no needs, everyone has worries. But the worries that we have are just like amplified sometimes when you think of if something happened to me or if something happened to him in school when he can't communicate or he can't tell I have a pain in my leg or I have this or I need this or you know like it's just it's just so hard to explain unless you're a parent of yeah, a child know, with, with, with additional needs so I just think that woman just needs to listen to like our stories or open her eyes a bit more maybe when she's driving to work stuck in traffic thinking about having money like if you have enough and if you can have a conversation with your kids if your kids can tell you that they love you then like just be happy you know just be happy stop comparing yourself stop looking at everyone else and just be happy with yourself um, that's the only point I wanted to make thank you for that um, thank you for that thank yeah. you Tara thank you appreciate you taking the call Jason's on WhatsApp good morning Good, good. Um, A system that really is not fair to people, particularly those that need help or intervention or need it most. Anyway, go ahead. No, just a couple of points there, like, and that email, like, first of all, like, why is she being angry with someone that's doing something that they're entitled to? All these things are means tested first off. So, like, how can she be angry for something that someone's entitled to? Mm, mm. Draw, like you're not going to get it unless you're means tested. So, oh, okay, but, but I mean, I, I I could try and answer that, but I'd be making things up if I were to answer it as to why the woman that she's speaking of clears and passes the means test. It's possibly because so, like, yeah. I, look, I take, I because take they may be already on the benefit system is or made that know. way by the government. Like, she, I I think that this woman had a good life up until a certain point in the last few years when everything cost of living and everything. Now she's been taxed to the high hills for everything. She says she can't get a Susie rent. That means so that she's she's earning over a thousand, a hundred thousand a year because the Susie rent you can't unless you earn over a hundred thousand a year. Not entitled to. I don't know what the figure is. I'd have to check that. Are you are you sure that that it's, it's that high? Yeah, it was it was I, it was higher than the Susie and and there. Okay, so as in a, a combined income in a house has to be below a hundred grand. Below a hundred grand if you're entitled to. It. Okay, I, I'm I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'll ju- I'll just check the figure just to be absolutely sure. Um, no, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like I was just reading in this morning as well that um, if you look at the bills that people are paying now, right? Everybody, those that work and those that don't work um, or can't work or whatever, it's now costing at least four thousand euro a year more than it did twelve months ago just to pay bills. But the question is, where does that four grand come from? You know. Like, you just can't so magic what, up like, the money. So, the, like, so for so, the upcoming so you budget, say she, but, so, No, I know that. You can make that point in a second. But So you're saying, why is she unhappy? That's why she never sees her husband. Both of them are working. It's costing more now just to stand still. That's why she's angry. But up, 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 yeah, but up until this point, I can guarantee that she was probably voting for the government that's in power now 
And because things aren't going her favour, she has to blame someone else. She can't, she can't contradict herself and blame the government that she voted in. They created the system and she voted in those that made it this way. That's what I think. And I think she can't, she can't turn around and contradict herself by blaming the government that she's after voting in. Yeah. So, so who else is she going to blame? The person that who is, to, in my eyes, clever enough to, to go over her things that they're entitled to. Okay, okay. Smart enough to be able to get what they know they're entitled to. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Uh, I think the discussion you're having at the moment about special needs and people milking the system is ridiculous. On the one hand, you're saying the parent, the parent is staying in her pajamas all day, and on the same hand, you say that she goes out for a coffee with her buddies. Uh, this is obvious rubbish, or else this person is so small-minded that they need to take a serious look at themselves and ask, "What's actually wrong with my life?" Says Paul and Mayfield. Well, I'm trying to interpret, and I have been trying to interpret what she feels is wrong in her life. And again, without wanting to be repeating myself over and over again, it's the cost of everything. And it's going to work and being exhausted and paying bills and paying for college fees and groceries and diesel and, um, you know, not going for coffee mornings, not getting new clothes, not having trips to the cinema or days out, too busy working, paying taxes. Again, would, would that sum up what's wrong with her life? And meanwhile, billions of refugees and asylum seekers. Billions? When did it become billions? Maybe billions of euro on refugees and asylum seekers. And 15 euro for unauthorised springs being put into the bodies of our vulnerable children. We really are a second class in our own country, says Bobby. Morning, Neil. I'm a driver for special needs children. There is a severe lack of transport for them. Bus Aaron are managing the scheme but just can't get drivers. I drive a bus with five high-functioning children with autism and one handler. I should have four children as they have a tendency to kick off. We're under pressure to accept more kids, you see, just to keep the system going. That Karen, the emailer who had the rant about special needs benefits, if you can call them benefits, mentioned that she put her kids through college herself. I guarantee she took every single child benefit payment she was entitled to without ever complaining about it. She's not worth the time and is most likely a hypocrite who's only annoyed that she gets nothing. Um, Oh my God, as in she's not getting the benefits that her other neighbour is. Why is that lady being berated now for her email complaining about what she sees? All the rest of us are seeing it too. I pass a house every day where no one is working. I see them regularly smoking at the front in their dressing gowns. And it could be 2pm in the afternoon, still in their dressing gowns. They're claiming everything under the sun. Special needs aside, the ordinary worker has every right to be peed off. Do not attack this woman's email because that's the reality of what is happening. You would think anyway that people would want to put on a bit of decent clothes because by doing so, you feel an awful lot better in yourself, you know, by making more of an effort, I would have thought. Uh, Nobody knows what stress is involved in a house with a child with special needs. This person who is so concerned about the miserable government contributions should put themselves in the shoes of families with children with special needs. For example, they will never see their child do their school exams get married, have children or travel the world. They should be grateful for what they have and mind their own business when it does not actually concern them. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday 0818104106. Kenneth Flynn is very annoyed about this uh, Mercy Hospital closure that's uh, in the pipeline for the children's ward and he says that again it is yet more evidence of the further exacerbation for the north side of the city. 
seems to be a forgotten land on the north side of the city where nobody seems to want to have any interest. So that's all happening at the moment. It hasn't closed just yet, but the children's ward at the Mercy will, if nothing happens about it, close in the early quarter of next year. And uh, all of that service then will be incorporated into the service of the CUH. And meanwhile, at the CUH, because members of staff out there have been getting in touch with me, I'll just give you one example of a handwritten letter I'm writing on behalf of the staff of the CUH, the doctors, the nurses, the porters, the housekeepers, the catering care, the assistants, the lab technicians, the groundsmen, the maintenance, the support staff and all of the services. Um, And writing on behalf of all of them. From mid to end of September, hospital management are taking 480 spaces for building purposes, as in parking spaces. We'll have to park in Highfield Rugby Club or Bishopstown GAA. Both are a 15-minute walk and very isolated on a very dark, wet morning or indeed evening. We feel our safety is being overlooked here at work. Alternatively, we're told, use park and ride facility in the Model Farm Road or Curraheen, adding half an hour to either end of our day. I am providing these in providing these spaces there is still a shortfall anyway of up to 400 spaces. People travel from distances to work and won't have anywhere to park. Staff are resigning because of this decision. We are the people who worked long hours and worked particularly hard during COVID putting our lives at risk and some are still suffering the consequences of that. The nation clapped for us putting our lives at risk. Now we don't have safe parking. Please read this out and ask the management and the unions and the TDs and the councillors what's going to be done about the shortfall of spaces. Thanks, Neil. I'm a very angry public sector worker. Yes, indeedy. And I do know that Tommy Gould, the Sinn Féin TD for Cork North Central, actually brought this up in the Dáil recently when he said Cork University Hospital is a hospital that is constantly overcrowded and understaffed. The staff members there do Trojan work in the face of huge difficulties often caused by the failure of government to invest in healthcare, and in recent weeks they've been informed that their car park is due to close. There was no consultation with any of them, nor their unions. Um, and that was brought up at Dáil Éireann. To what end, I do not know. We'll just have to wait and see if there's a reverse, a reversal of fortune, but another example of, um, I suppose, disrespect to staff. You, know, you give it to them, and then you take it away. And what will that space be used for? Nobody's answering that question. What do they want the parking spaces for? Um, And is it affecting everybody, you know, right up to the top level of suits? Do they also lose their parking? I worked in public services. I've witnessed angry mothers when the OT report shows improvement or they don't get the all-important diagnosis. It happens more often than you would think, Neil. There is a lot of money riding on getting the right diagnosis. And again... While reading that out, I don't mean it to come across in any way disrespectful to those that work very, very hard uh, asking and trying to do best by their own children with special needs. Um, Three isn't there, so uh, up to you. I can wait for Michael or William or I can come back to it in a few minutes' time. Um, Unless you want to move it to a different phone line. Uh, No, that's happening. Not happening. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting text about the cost of everything in this country. As fellow was out at the weekend, got a sharing starter of uh, hummus. I uh, got two main courses. I think one of them was uh, spaghetti and uh, with meatballs, and the other was, I think from this, it looks like as if it was a curry. Uh, two bottles of Heineken Zero and two pints, €82. Euro. Um 
it's not a huge pile of food, but it does sound like a huge pile of dosh. 82 euro. Now, so that's the cost of things here. And I see one or two more there. Person saying, uh, oh, this would be a publican. We have a bar in Spain and a few pubs in North Cork. The difference between, I was asking the question, why would you pay five euro fifty for a bottle of Heineken Zero? In all fairness, like it's a 33 CL milliliter bottle. We have a bar in Spain and a few in North Cork. The difference between a 50 litre keg in Ireland. The difference is, in Ireland, it's €228 for a 50-litre keg. In Benidorm, it's €83 for the same 50-litre keg. You pay a €12 deposit for the keg, but you get it back once you return it. The difference, of course, is all about the tax. It's getting harder and harder to be a publican in Ireland. I'm charging €5.25 and €5 in my respective pubs for a Heineken and earning virtually nothing off it in Ireland while working extremely long days. It's no wonder so many publicans just decided to pack it in. So I love those kind of examples uh, and again all of it down to tax. Don't kid yourself the tax take and the excise duty take for the Irish government and the state on alcohol is something like 70% of what you're actually drinking. It's a ginormous amount. And also don't forget that um, the increase in fuel there over the last couple of weeks where it rocketed back up again, that had nothing to do with the cost of importing the fuel or the oil or the diesel or the petrol. It had nothing to do with Ukraine or Putin or anything. That's because the government put the excise back up on the fuel. So it's, it's our own doing it to ourselves, if you like. There's a big difference there between a keg in Ireland, isn't it? €228 Euro for the keg and a keg at Benidorm at €83. Euro. I can see where that publican is making more profit and it's not in the pubs in North Cork, I can tell you. Um, text 0868104106 and I'll come back to calls and what have you throughout the course of what's left this morning and indeed tomorrow. But I just want to turn my attention again to something that I just mentioned to you earlier on. It's a Councillor Kenneth Flynn story where he's breaking and apparently this has been contemplated with regards to the closure of the uh, children's ward at the Mercy for quite some time and some are suggesting that they were hoping to bring this in on the QT which would be an impossible thing to do anymore to bring anything in on the QT uh, but Councillor Flynn joins me by phone Ken good morning Good morning Neil how are you this morning? Um, good um, it may well have been suggested that they want to bring it in on the QT but if it has been talked about for a while I hadn't heard it until now is this yeah, something I, I, that yeah go ahead go ahead yeah, no, look, it has been something that's been banded around for a number of years. Um, some staff have told me last night that, you know, they were talking about this 20 years ago, um, moving everything to one campus. And, of course, the national policy is, you know, centres of excellence moving everything into one campus and closing down units and wings of hospitals around the city. I suppose what's more what's more concerning here is that this is the children's unit in the Mercy, in the Mercy Hospital, what we're, what we're talking about. I know you've had previous experience working with the Mercy Hospital and raising cash for them. Yeah. Over the years, and and you know firsthand as well as your callers and as well as your listeners know what a fantastic job is done, in particular in the children's unit in the Mercy Hospital. Um, what I'm being told from staff today uh, and last night when when the calls started coming into to me last night was that you know well there hasn't been anything official said. Um, the nurses' union is now getting involved, which is a very which is a very very clear. Uh, indication to me and to people that are on the ground that something is is afoot, and what they're being what they're being told by not of you know official channels, but what they're being told is that the end of this quarter and the start of next quarter, shutting down the children's units in 
in the Mercy Hospital and moving everything to the CUH campus. Okay, would, uh, would there look, be the same kind of paediatric units, forgive me now if you don't know, that's fine, in say the South Infirmary or, or Finbars for example? Uh, I don't think there's I don't think there's anything left in Finbars. Um, I went to, I went out to Finbars recently actually to visit somebody who was um, recuperating. Um, Finbars seems to, from what I can work out, Finbars seems to be a place where you're, you know, if you're in kind of long term care in hospital and um, not so much nursing home, but kind of facilities for those people that have had sustained serious injuries and and, uh, yeah, okay, and re- okay. you know, not not um, a fully functioning hospital as such. Then, yeah, not not yeah. as we know, as not as the general public or you and I perceive what a hospital is. You know, and is this team then as being a slight on people, say north of the river, who heretofore would have had the North Infirmary, they lost that, then they would have seen the Mercy Hospital as being somewhat they errors, is it? Well, not only that, Neil. Look, there's an awful lot of my constituencies, uh, constituents don't have cars. There's a lot of people in North Cork as well, from Mallow Down, that depend on the Mercy Hospital for their services, the nearest hospital to them, um, and particularly the children's unit. There's people that don't have access to get over to the south side, can't afford to park their car inside in the CUH car park. I know you highlighted that on a number of occasions. Yeah, but yeah. Neil, you also have to take into account, there's very little area left on the CUH campus to facilitate people. It's almost impossible to get a car space there. Staff out in the CUH are being told, I don't know if you know this or not, but they're being told, don't bring your car into work, park, park off. No, I just, I just actually book, read that because book. I have been contacted by staff members at CUH where they are losing something in the region of 480 car spaces for building purposes. But do we know what the CUH plan to build? I don't, I don't, I don't at the moment. Perhaps one of the government TDs can enlighten you of that. Um, it's very difficult to get information from the HSE. Very, very difficult. And, and you probably know that better as a broadcaster and your team behind you um, trying to get any information off them. Mm. But look, I suppose the concerns that I'm highlighting here is that we have a facility that's working very, very well. We have a facility that is trusted, is liked, is depended upon by not just the north side and the city centre people that use the Mercy Hospital, but those are in North Cork as well that depend on it. Moving everything into one campus may look very, very good on paper. But you're talking about human lives. You're talking about uh, people that are affected by this, people that have built up trust, people that have built up relationships with nurses and doctors over the years um, that are looking after their children. Uh, and you're losing all that. Uh, with the, unless with unless the, there was a plan to seriously scale up the facilities at CUH, and we don't even know. If they just leave it as it is, incorporate the Mercy's paediatrics into it, well, it will yeah. lead to chaos, surely. Well, my, my experience, and I'm sure your experience and the general experience, is that when HSE decides that they're going to break, break the thing that's working well and re- reconstitute it and change it around and, and in the name of making it better, very, very rarely have I experienced or have I've seen the um, effects of, um, of that and I very rarely have a very good experience of that that it seems to be an awful lot of settling down problems and going on with further issues and files being lost and cases not being seen and, and various different things that have happened, you know. Yep. And look, yep. the Mercy Hospital does a fantastic job. The staff and say there are absolutely brilliant. Um, what I'm saying is that something is not broken. There's no need to fix it. You know, something that's working very well, very well. There's certainly lots of other areas in HSC and CUH campus that could be worked on. Um, rather than rather than discommoding people, upsetting people, putting people in the lurch, not telling them what's going on, and no, people don't these, like to hear that services no, are being closed or moved. They no, just don't. Look, 
No, and, and you know, you can understand that. You know, you've built up a relationship with your child's doctor, with the child's nurse. The child is comfortable of going into that. You know, if you have a child that's very ill and you've had lots of carers on today and so they, they know better than I do or you do. Um, your texter, actually, who's an MU, MUH worker, says it's an absolute disgrace in an already crumbling health service. So sad to think that the north side of the city will have to travel across to, with their chick, ch- sick children, some of them for oncology treatment. Oh, my God. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. I, and when you have that situation and, you know, you're going, you know, when you have a child who's seven, six years of age, who's used to going into a facility, who's used to meeting doctor whatever or, or the nurse of, of, of whoever and used to those faces, used to those types of people, why would you upset a child at that age? Okay. I just don't okay. get it. So and what, it, would, it what, it what could, well what could stop this? Uh, the various unions at the hospital, is it? Very, very uh, various unions are getting involved. That's what that's what I've been told. Okay. I've been speaking to some members of the, of those unions over the last couple of days. Okay. As well. All right. Thanks for the heads up, Ken. Appreciate it. I, I, Neil, while, while I Take just care. have you on there, hello. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, Neil. Neil, look, I, I've been listening to your program today, and look, where I accept what people are saying, and I, I have to, re- you know, say that the majority of the people that I've met over my lifetime in politics, and indeed my father's lifetime in politics, you know, that are caring for children are doing a tremendous job and are very much so on their own and let down by go, by, by successive governments. And, oh, that needs know, to I, be I, said I, many times. That, that yeah. isn't the issue here. But no disrespect to those that you've described, but the problem is with those who are abusing that system. And there, look, there, there, is, there is the one or two that are out there that are abusing the system. No doubt. And I've come across it myself. I've actually told somebody to leave my office about three years ago over it. Who to, you know who came in and said, "Look, if I get a, if I get a, if I get a certain reading for the child, um, and I can get this privately done in Do- Dublin by a doctor, um, uh, would this help my case getting getting a, a council house?" Yeah. Look, I've, I've experienced it. There myself. you go. Then but there you I go. Have to say, I have to say, the majority, the ninety nine point nine percent of people that are caring for their children are genuine people, and they are exhausted. And Neil, I, I have, I can always remember canvassing in Bishopstone with my father in nineteen ninety seven, and speaking to this lady, and my heart broke for my always think of her. And she, you know what she said to me? She said, I really hope that I die before. Oh, he many times I've heard me. that, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, it's the most upset. It's one thing that stays with me for, for all my life and is always in my memory, that, that lady and the concerns that she but had. But there is husband. a lot of division now. I mean, in very different ways. This is just one example of a division that's been created in society where you have a <laughs> husband and a wife who hardly ever see each other apart from on a Sunday because the work in all hours God sends them. Sometimes they literally don't and they're full-time working. They don't have diesel to put in the car everything is they don't have cinema trips days out holidays they don't meet friends for coffee because they firstly are exhausted and secondly don't have the money because they work but they would see others then perhaps who seem to me maybe they're the smarter ones the ones who say I'm not going to do that I'm just going to sit back and take what I can get and it makes them angry Neil I have to be honest with you don't ever judge anyone for what you see on the outside because you never know what's going on inside somebody's door and that's being gentle Okay. That's been genuine. Right. And you know what? I think if we all went into a room and we had to pick out the crosses we had to bear in life, we'd pick out our own troubles rather than somebody else's. Very true. Wise words. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it, Kenneth Flynn. Back to WhatsApp we go. Kate, good morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you for holding. I know it's been an age. My apologies. Go ahead. What's on your mind? You're okay. Yeah. No, I'm just wondering. Now you have three daughters with additional needs. Um, two are in primary school. We're very fortunate that they go to a local school. Um, but my eldest daughter is in secondary school, and she, because of her needs, couldn't go to the local secondary school. Um, and she qualified for transport last year. 
Um, but unfortunately, due to no drivers, I had to take time off work to make sure she got to school um, every day. So, you know, she got a driver this year and we're very lucky and we're very grateful and I could go back to work. But people think, you know, you're idly sending your children out to taxis in the morning to get what, a lion? No, no, not mm. at all. Do you no, avail of the of the taxi insane. transport? I do for my eldest daughter this year because, as I said last year, we couldn't get a driver. My other two children could get taxi drivers, but why would I use a service when they're, you know, they're only down the road from our home? And was it offered it. for a down-the-road taxi trip? No, well, if I applied for it, I'd get, I would get it. You know, you would get it, but I didn't apply for it. I, we don't need it. Um, we only need it for my eldest daughter because she is going to a school further away and they all start school at the same time. And, you know, and that kind of thing. And as I said, the other girls have additional needs as well. Um, I myself work full time shift work my husband works full time as well um, we don't get carers but I know people that do get carers and there's no possible way they could even consider going to work like a lot of my friends have children with additional needs yeah. and there's no physical way they could possibly go to work with the needs their children have um, and there are a lot of them on their own and, and don't get any help from anybody so you know, people think, oh, you know, they see a girl going to the taxi in the morning, her pajamas on. That girl made me up all night with her child who doesn't sleep. And her only bit of sleep in the day could be three hours when the child is at school. That's very true. You know? I, I learned that this morning from various callers that she may actually, and it's is it primarily she we're talking about in pajamas? I imagine sometimes it can be dads well, as well. Yeah, um, actually, it's yeah. the first time they go, that, that's their sleep time. Yeah, it is. And I know that from first-hand experience. I have a, a, a young daughter of four who doesn't sleep and I could be up at three in the morning, come home from an eight shift, be up at three in the morning till seven, bring the girls to school at seven, go back to bed at half past nine, be back up again at 12 to collect the baby from school again. You know, she doesn't do a full day at school. She's not able. Um, so it's not all, you know, people probably think, oh, they have a grand time, they have a driver. I don't know. Like, it's ridiculous. And is I it your heart broken then when you see neighbours' children's and birthday parties and off to not the cinema or out any, playing any with their of pals? My friends with, yeah, anybody of my friends or anybody I know that has a child with additional needs that they can't just send, you know, plan a birthday party. They can't just say, I'll meet you there Saturday in Monkey Maze. You can't, like... It's not, you know, it's not that easy. At, at some point, it just breaks my heart. My little girl could sit at the windowsill in our home and watch the little girls in the estate that go to her school that are in her year. She can't go and play. She's a flight risk. She walk in front of a car. So if you, you were know, to do that, you'd have to shadow. Oh, I go with her everywhere. Yeah, we walk. She we go for. A, she asks for a walk. She's she's not fully verbal, but she can say go for a walk. Um, and I take her for a walk around the estate. She doesn't go play. She can't play. She can't play with the little girls. People call to her house and ask for her to come to play that know her from going to the special needs unit in her school that are in her class. You know, they'd be in the mainstream class and she's in the unit and they'd know her face just from school and they'd knock for her to come out and play. I can't. Like, but could I mean, they not come in? And, I'm just curious. Okay, could they not come in and play with her? Oh, of course, but Neil, you probably know as well as I do, you can't bring a lot of children into your home these days. You know, you wouldn't be able to be like, come on in. I bring my whole estate, the children that I know and that are well known. In the world we live in now, that would deem to be a risk, would it? Oh, for God's sake. Jesus, I remember in our day, the house would be teeming with kids and mothers, people falling out of each other. My my house is the house they all come to. They do. My older girls would bring their friends in and they come, you know, they come to play with her um, in the garden and that's as much of um, interaction she'd have outside of school. Um, It's a very lonely world being the child and the, the parent of a child with additional needs. And by God, 
I'm sure there's a lot of people who will give back any payment they'd ever get for their children to have a, a normal, inverted commas, life. Um, you know, no money's worth that. I would give my children's diagnosis back in a heartbeat. People say, oh, you wouldn't change them. I always say, yes, I would. Yeah, because I why? Yeah. They'd have an easier life mm. and they wouldn't be so lonely and isolated and have a completely different life than we ever envisaged for them. It's so where you're at now is bad and as you describe it, it's the cross you bear and willingly bear it, but would change it if you could. But, but, but what, what about in the future though? Does that worry you? I will have, my youngest daughter will be fully dependent on us for the rest of our lives. Yeah, she's four. She will be. Um, my eldest daughter, I'm very proud of her. She's come on amazingly. I'm actually outside cams at the moment with her. She's amazing. She's a credit to herself. She don't, you know. But that must carry its own worry, though, um, when you get old. Oh, a million percent. Oh, a million percent. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, we've done all. We don't know what life has in store for us yet, like, but, you know, we have to just get on with it. And Mm. um, we're trying to take them on their first family holiday now, five years since the the, the little baby was born at the the weekend, but she's a little baby. She's four. Um, But it's like that. It's the prep, the, the things that have to go on. And when are you going this coming weekend? Is it first time in years? Yeah, we're going. Yeah. First time the five of us have been able to go away yeah, in years because um, my youngest daughter wouldn't, you okay. know, she's going to really yeah. struggle. She's yeah. going to really struggle, but she just, she keeps asking the beach, the beach, the beach. Where would you go? Oh. I don't mean to pry. I'm just curious. No, we're, we're trying to go to Spain. We're trying, well, it's, the plan is Spain. We might get to the airport and we might be turning home. That's again. what I was going to say to you. There's still a, potential that it won't happen even at the airport oh, or when yeah. if that happens I'll be coming home with the youngest girl and my husband will be going with her older too yeah good God and that's that's you know that's what we do have to explain and that's the chat we do have to have with our older two that's the friends, reality you know. of it isn't it that's it the reality is, yeah that's not we, we can't there's no plans nobody can plan anything we can't plan things so you know it is hard. It is. It's not. It's um, upsetting if something like that were to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope you all get to travel and. Oh God, for, for her own sake, I, I wish you know because she's going. You know, she loves the water, so she. I know once we get there, she'll be fine. It's just getting her there now is the issue. But there could be no talking to her. Obviously, you you know, in spite oh, she of doesn't you understand. saying, yeah, she doesn't yeah. Under- she she doesn't. She wouldn't understand. Like just you know, another hour. She wouldn't. You know. If you say, sit down one more hour, she doesn't understand what okay. that means. You okay. know? Fingers crossed you so, make it, Kate. If you get an opportunity, crossed. text when you land or text when you're by the pool or text when you're on the beach. Well, yeah, we'd love to, we'd love to hear. We'll have a smiling, hopefully we'll have a smiling little girl on I the beach. I know, lovely we'll chatting with you. Do text next week now, I hope you will. I will. Thanks for taking the time, Neil. Bye, Kate. I just take want care. people to try, just try and be a bit more understanding and a bit more kind. That's all you can be. All right, girl. Take care. Take care. Thanks very much. Uh, that and other topics. And again, um, with the issue regarding, say, for instance, the Mercy Hospital, another, um, and indeed me this morning, another show of disrespect to the north side of the city. How much more rundown will it be allowed to be? It's a disgrace what's happening. Like two different worlds, north side and south side, between roads, parks, uh, Harbourview Road closed for months, traffic mental for work and school time. It wouldn't happen on the south side. It's a joke, and that's also a reference to the closure of the Mercy Hospital. Can I just say, I take on board everything you're saying, except for one issue, and that is traffic is mental. I don't think for a moment that the traffic on the north side is exclusively mental and not on the south side. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, last week I, I was off for a few days following the the death of my father and I had a couple of things to do early in, in the morning, one morning in particular. It doesn't matter what it was, but it took me way up into the Grange area. What time was that when I was going up there? And that would be like a foreign time to be driving a car for me at maybe quarter to or 20 to 8 in the morning because I'd be here 
at work at that stage. But my heart broke for people who are stuck in traffic, whether it's north side or south side, because from 20 minutes to eight going up there and coming back then, it was only a quick, quick one. Probably should have gone on my bike now that I think of it. It was probably raining or something like that. But anyway, coming back at about 10 past eight, back down the hill into the back village, coming down from Grange and down from Donnybrook, was bumper to bumper. And of course, the traffic lights just, they don't help. And I know that you wouldn't call traffic lights a hindrance, but they change so quickly, nothing moves. People block junctions. Nothing was moving. And I looked around on numerous occasions to see cars full of children and a parent in the front Literally, I imagine every single morning clock watching, you know, because 20 to 9 comes, quarter to 9, you're still not moving. The child has to be to school. I'm assuming that everybody makes it or just about makes it. But the traffic was just absolutely mental. So many cars, so many buses, so many trucks, so many lorries uh, for that one hour and 15 minutes that I experienced. I don't normally see that in the morning, so it was an eye opener for me. Anyway, lines are open. You can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. And we'll pick it up in the morning. My apologies to those that didn't get on air today. Sincerely, and I'll do my best to facilitate everybody tomorrow. But have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.